0: Great to be here with you on this, whatever day it has been, Tuesday. It's hard to believe they're all running together. we got the you know, NCAA tournament coming up on uh, Thursday. Of course, you got the play-in game. I hope Christian is paying attention. you got the play-in games tonight and tomorrow, and then the tournament gets started on uh, on Thursday. We want you to participate in our bracket challenge presented by Coach's Corner. Uh, again, go to uh, ESPNCoast.com. We've got all the information, the link to get you in and get your bracket in there, play against us, and see if you have the best bracket. 70-inch TV, one of the prizes. Also, wings for a year right from Coach's Corner, so a good chance for you to win some awesome prizes. Go to ESPNCoast.com, get signed up, be a part of our bracket challenge presented by Coach's Corner. But, Ben, we've got so much to get to on the show. Demetrius Harvey uh, will join us from Big Cat Country. The Jags have been as active as anybody in free agency, and i say saying something because it has been all over the place uh here in a free agency in the National Football League. Uh of course, the Braves continue to make things happen. Matt Olsen has been a brave not even twenty-four hours. Already show me the money. Already, uh already going out there asking. And he didn't ask for it. I, well, I mean I'm sure he did on some level, but they already worked out an extension for Matt Olson. We'll tell you about that coming up on the show as well. But Ben, it has been a while. Somebody said today, hey, normally, under normal circumstances, this is you know, M- March is time. Everybody's filling out brackets. Everybody's getting ready for these play-in games tonight and tomorrow. Fill out the field of 64. Let's put in those brackets and let's get rolling. Man, between baseball and the National Football League, there has been some money getting thrown around. With the National Football League, you have seen a lot of guys going all over the place uh, here in the National Football League, and it's still not done with quarterbacks uh, potentially wanting to go here and there and who's in the mix. Uh, this has been wild the uh, first couple of days here in the NFL. Highest salary
1: cap number, Kevin, this is what happens. When you, when you got a high salary cap, guys are going to be benefiting from the fact that you got more money to spend. You, no, no, big, no, big, no bigger spender right now. Then the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, I, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but I mean, what uh, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk and uh, Evan Ingram. And I I remember uh, telling BJ, BJ was talking about how the worst uh, production at the at the tight end position has been the Jaguars for the last really four or five years. You get a guy like Evan Ingram, first round pick out of Ole Miss, what four years ago? I think signs a one year fully a nine million dollars uh, of a nine million dollars fully guaranteed contract. And and I gotta say this, people get caught up in, hey man, I heard this yesterday. He only got that. What you mean he only? <laughs> no, 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 no. A great contract is what Evan Ingram just got. A one year nine million, I'm gonna make nine million dollars next year to play football. I know people talking about well, Christian Kirk, he got 18.5 million. I think that's too much. We. this is not your money. Christian Kirk has been super duper productive. I mean, almost 240 catches in his in his four year career. Right at 2,800 yards. Uh, a great, great in the return game. But he's dependable. Now we'll see how Christian Kirk is going to be uh, being being the number one guy to go along. Because because uh, Kevin, the one thing about the one thing about the free agency pool is it's who you can get with the money yeah. that you have. Because a team that's not spending at all, it's indie. India, I think, had the most money going into the going into the uh, free agency, and all they've done is as far as got rid of Carson Wentz, so get him off the books. Still don't have a quarterback, but yes, I some of these deals. I mean, I know we're going to get to Randy Gregory a little bit, a little bit down the line. I mean, in the show, but I mean, I've been very impressed with some of the deals. Uh, uh, um, uh, Tracy, uh, for my neck of the woods, right here, Tracy. I, don't, I can't think of his name Tracy. right. Tracy. Uh, oh, Tracy Walker. Yeah. Tracy Walker. re uh, Resigned. Uh, re-signed. Uh, with the with the Detroit Lions, I think got another three years, like twenty four million. I'm listen. I'm happy for all the guys. I, people always say it's all about the timing. Sometimes it's when you sign, not that you signed and with the, the contract. I mean, the salary cap is going up. Guys are getting big time dollars. I'm happy for them. But when, but but people, it's all about when you see a you know somebody sign a six year deal, five year deal. It's really a two year deal. But it doesn't matter. These guys are getting their money. I'm happy for all of them. Um, I'm, you know, Dallas Cowboys, I know we're going to get to y'all, y'all, y'all. Y'all need to know when to report stuff. <laughs> I know I know that's really not up to y'all, but, yeah, Kevin, you mentioned. I mean, think about it. We thought it was going to be a, a slow cycle. Started with Aaron Rodgers. Four years, $200 million, $153 million guaranteed. Then you talk about uh, Russell Wilson. And then he he, he, he he gets traded from Seattle to Denver. The people are like, oh, what's it going to be? Then baseball comes back. Then after baseball comes back, then we have to deal with, all right, Freddie Free. He's no long longer be. there. we got Mr. Olsen coming from California. You can get a deal done coming from Oakland to, uh, to, to the ATL. He got his deal done. Now we're talking about the Jaguars. Now we're talking about Mr. Trubisky. Now we're talking about Deshaun Watson, for which, if you are in the NFC South, not named the Tampa Bay Bucks, you are trying to have him in your building. I think he's been to Cleveland. I think he's been to Carolina. I think he's been to Atlanta. And because Tampa Bay got Tom Brady, that's the only reason why he <laughs> ain't been to Tampa. But yeah, man, I uh the free the free frenzy, that's why they call it the free agency frenzy. It has been going crazy. It's only gonna get even more careful because you still got guys like a against who, Jason Pierre Paul, Tyron Matthew, Odell Beckham Jr., Chandler Jones. So you still got some big names still out there. And guess who hasn't signed a defensive end yet? That would be the Falcons. They signed Young Way Kudo. Young, congratulations! Yeah. But outside of that, we listen. Matty Ice, we are talking about having him here, and if we can put him in a deal, Kevin, he might be gone. If the, if one of Sean Watson wants to come, and to be to the ATM And we'll get to that coming up
0: in just a little bit. and We'll talk to uh, Demetrius Harvey of Big Cat Country. The Jags have been uh, very active, as you said. I know, uh, you know, Christian, aka Debbie Downer, uh, we, which uh, we he, they're on second down. It's like who who did the Jags get that just blows your hair back? And I think some of these guys. Might just benefit from a change of scenery. I mean, Evan Ingram had Daniel Jones throwing in the ball. And Daniel Jones uh, has been running for his life for a couple of years with, with poor The Jags have addressed the offensive line, should give Trevor Lawrence some more time. Uh, ben, Evan Ingram's a guy that you feel like might actually flourish with a change of scenery uh, there in Jacksonville. Yeah. I know Christian Kirk has not lived up to some of the hype that people had, but as you said, a dependable receiver. And you go, well, Jags need more than a dependable receiver. I'm sorry. Are we. Are, if I'm a Jags fan, are you, are you getting too good for a guy that just goes mm-hmm. and makes catches? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he's going to be the guy that you know extends the field for 70, 80 yards. But you're the Jags. You've gone through seasons where you're going, we need a playmaker. I'm sorry, playmakers don't always mean 40 yards down the field. Playmakers mean I need somebody that can get off on a 7-10 to 10 yard slant and catch the ball. Yeah. And I, I think if you're Jacksonville, you're giving Trevor Lawrence options. You're giving him the tight end option. And really, been more of a tight end in your mold and the, the new-age mold of tied in is that, hey, he might block occasionally. But make no mistake, Evan Ingram is there to go get open. You've given him a guy that can go catch balls uh, on the outside. You've given him some other guys that can come in and be uh, secondary and, and third uh, option receivers. I, I think they've done all right. I think they've done all right. Uh, you, you say, well, why can't they go get a number one? I'm sorry, how many number ones are out there floating around on the market? Devontae Adams? He's going to get franchised or he's gonna get big money to stay with Green Bay. So I, I I think you look at what the Jags have done, I think they did all right. Again, nobody's looking at this move and saying, man, the Jags are about to go twelve and five. Twelve and six. No, 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 but nobody's nobody's saying that. Yeah. But are, are they gonna get out of the top five six in the draft? Potentially.
1: I think they can start moving that way uh with, with what they've done to help their young quarterback. Yeah, and, and and that's what it's about though, isn't it Kevin? Like we I, I call it the Joe Burrow effect. You go, out and you, get, you go out and get your franchise guy for him, a number one overall pick, obviously. Uh, some weapons and see what happens because we don't know how good or bad uh, Trevor Lawrence is. Travis Eaton goes out, didn't have a tight end. LaVisca Chenault, DJ Chark, Marvin Jones coming over from Detroit, all those guys, a bunch, you had a bunch of number two receivers. hoping, And none and, and of those guys would have lived up to the billing. Now you go get a Christian Kirk, a guy I noticed Jacksonville a... wasn't trying to get any of those guys back. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah, yeah, yeah uh, I think uh, I think DJ Chark is going to go sign a one year deal. I think Marvin Jones might have signed a. I think he might have signed a two. But you break, but Laviska going into year three, uh, you get to add a guy like Christian Kirk. You get to add a guy like
0: they may trade LaVisca Chenault away.
1: So like well, did... well, well, yeah, well, well, Kevin, you know, you know how if, if you're in the front office, you say, well, I've seen you guys for a year. I mean, and I kind of see what you guys can do. Some of you guys, if you can't get over consistently. They're, I mean, were we going to scheme you open? No. I think a guy like Christian Kirk, who was in a very, 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 very crowded, uh, you know, because uh, A.J. Green was out there in uh, Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins was out there in Arizona. He still was very, very productive. I think they said, well, look, if we, I'm going to give you a quarterback of Trevor Lawrence who's not going to run around uh, like a chicken with his head cut off like Kyler Murray, because Kyler Murray got to run around because he's a small dude, make plays with his feet and and, uh, and with his arm. But you are right. They're, they are loading up on offense. You're going to get a hopefully healthy Travis Etienne, Everett Ingram, Christian Kirk. Zay Jones, uh, whoever you and that's before you get to the draft. Whoever whoever's gonna be holding, them, maybe a Tavon Austin, maybe a Leviska Chenault, and we'll see what we got. Oh, not to mention what they did on the offensive line. Re, you know, I mean Cam Robinson, you get you get you know, you get a guard that's you get a guard that's obviously uh, had a all pro type status. Maybe that's gonna help Juwan Taylor. That means that uh, obviously uh, Aiden Hutchinson is probably going to be no one overall pick. The Jags—they make it moves. Um, if you if you play for Indy, you need to, you need to go tell Jim Irsay what the hell, man! Like what <laughs> what is going on? Because number one, we don't have a quarterback, right? Yes, you got Jonathan Taylor, and you still got put out by the same Jacksonville Jaguars team. The Jacksonville Jaguars got their last win of the regular season against the Colts team, who only had to win to get in, and they didn't. So. But uh no, uh, free agency is as crazy as I thought it was gonna be. Um, everybody like I said, when it comes to the offseason, NFL, they will dominate the headlines. And if you ain't got, I don't know. Unless, I mean, baseball, they're doing their best to kind of stay in the oh, yeah. Everybody trying to see where, you know, I mean, I don't know what Deshaun Watson – I mean, I am I got a show called Where's Deshaun Watson, Where's Freddie Freeman? Because yeah. you don't know what he's going to sign. That's, that's I mean, it, it, first it was the Yankees, then it was the Dodgers, then it was – now we're talking about the Blue Jays. Now you're talking about the Red Sox. I don't know where Freddie Freeman is going to end up. I just know it will not be in the ATL but he will be missed. But, yes, uh, now the NFL already on Sunday now, and obviously the off season, Kevin, they are trying to on Monday through Wednesday because, yes, the NCAA tournament is among us, and right now it is not being talked about <laughs> at all. Everybody's talking about who's getting yes. paid
0: uh, in baseball and football at the moment. We've got so much to get to here on the show. As I mentioned, we'll chat with Demetrius Harvey, Big Cat Country, talking about the Jags who have been very, very active. Of course, the Braves have been active uh, in the overnight hours uh, even. We'll talk about that. As Ben mentioned, Deshaun Watson, apparently has been linked to Atlanta, potentially. And, and what does that mean? We just saw this play out with the Braves, right? You have a guy, Freddie Freeman, fans like him. In comes Matt Olson. Well, obviously that means Freddie Freeman is not coming back. You just reworked Matt Ryan's deal. Obviously makes him better cap-friendly deal. Also potentially makes him more tradable. If you bring Deshaun Watson in, Ben, Matt Ryan's done. Oh, exactly. Ryan, he's is out. He's gone. So, I mean, so, so I think we're, we're seeing a similar situation. We just saw for the Braves could, I'm not saying it will, could potentially play itself out there with the Atlanta Falcons as well. And we'll get to that coming up this hour. Love to hear from you. 912-342-7184. Hit us up on Twitter as well, at Pigskin Radio. You can catch us uh, streaming live also at ESPNCoastal.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We're coming right back. Demetrius Harvey, Big Cat Country, joins us here on 3 and Out. It is three and out here on this Tuesday, Ben Jaguars have been some big time spenders here early on in free agency joining us here to talk about that uh, from big cat country Demetrius Harvey joins us here on three and out Demetrius welcome to the show how are you
2: I'm doing all right how about yourself
0: good we knew the Jags had money to spend Uh, they they brought in a lot what was the best pickup yesterday uh, in your opinion of the number of moves that the Jaguars did
2: yeah, they, they brought in or they're going to bring in six guys, it seems like. And to me, the, the, the best pickup, and, and it kind of comes with a caveat, but Brandon Sheriff, you know, he's a guy who is a five-time pro bowler. He made the all-pro team a couple times. You know, he's clearly one of the best guards in the league. The only issue is he, he can't stay healthy. You know, he's missed um, so many games over the course of his career and, and even in the past couple seasons. So it's a risky gamble where you're putting a right guard in there that may or may not actually stay healthy for the entire season. But if he does, and he's easily their best pickup. I think that he's a guy who immediately comes in and makes the offensive line better. And I think that they needed him. They needed a guy to come in. They were already losing A.J. can They were losing Andrew Norwell at left guard. They were losing a multitude of players who they needed to just plug and play somebody. And Brandon Sheriff definitely makes the list.
1: Demetrius, when you look at the fact that obviously this, uh, the Jags, I mean, as Kevin mentioned, was going to be big-time spinners. They go out there they get Christian Kirk. They get Zay Jones. You're going to get, hopefully, a healthy Travis ET. You look at that offensive line. How much better have these guys already gotten free agency before you even get to the draft?
2: Yeah, I mean, people can make up what they want about the the amount they spent. And, you know, did you overpay Christian Kirk? Why are you bringing in Zay, Zay Jones? Um, the the point is though they, they definitely got better they got better at the receiver position uh, last season was abysmal you know you had Tavon Austin at the slot who is a guy who I mean frankly he probably wouldn't have been in the NFL if it wasn't for Urban Meyer and the Jaguars for signing him so if if, if you're going to go after it in the sense of did they get better overall I think if there's no question you know Christian Kirk is a guy who clearly hasn't reached his you know ceiling. Per se, I mean, maybe he's he's gotten close to it or who knows how, how much more he has to grow, but clearly he's a guy that can come in and immediately help you um, stretch the field from the slot position. I think that that's where he's best served, and I think that they immediately got better at the receiver position, and then obviously offensive guard, they got better. Um, ha- having Zay Jones come in, I'm not quite sure how I feel about that signing, only because he hasn't produced at the level that you would want to see um, but, you know, he's a guy who is a sure-handed catcher. He's going to make plays if if he gets the ball thrown to him. So I don't see why not to bring a guy in at least as a body. And then obviously on the defensive side of the football, they've upgraded at, at linebacker. Um, we already saw that they released Miles Jack. So there's a couple guys in there, Foyer, o- Olakun, I'm not exactly sure how I pronounce his name, And then um, Foley, the defensive tackle, who's going to come in and, and be basically a, big-time run-stopper for them. So I think overall they, they did get better. Um, can they have more room to grow? Absolutely, and I think that they're not done um, during the pre-agency period, and I think obviously the draft.
0: And uh, and Demetrius, I thought you tweet out uh, earlier today, they still have, as you said, room towards the cap, uh, even with the, the hit they might take for Miles Jack, what, still, what, $6 million or so after you factor out the, uh, the, the rookie pool, right?
2: Yeah, after you factor out the rookie pool, I mean, they have about... I believe it's around. Uh, it should be around twelve or fourteen million because you you add in that Miles Jack is saved, but that also doesn't account for Evan Ingram, who's coming in apparently at nine million dollars guaranteed. It doesn't account for uh, Foley, who has thirty million dollars, uh, ten ten per, and I think twenty million guaranteed, and then um, also the Zay Jones signing. You know, he has a. Eight million dollar per year contract, so you still have to factor those kind of guys in. I, I still think that they're not done in terms of making moves, um, but they will have to, you know, clear up some cap space. They're going to have to at least cut maybe Brandon Linder at nine million dollars savings, and then uh, figure out where to go from there. But it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how they figure everything out, and, and if so, you know, are they going to be making even more moves? I, I still think there's at least one more signing yet to come.
1: Hey, and Demetrius, when you think about this Jags team, when you th- when you think about this, uh, you think about this division as a whole. Obviously, if they can find a way to tackle, uh, you know, Derrick Henry up there, uh, you know, uh, with the Titans, like you don't know what the Houston Texans gonna do with the Sean Watson, get having a lot of suitors, and the Colts don't even have a quarterback. I mean, depending on how this draft going, depending on how much of a jump uh, Trevor Lawrence can have from year one to year two with all the additions before you even get to the draft, how much of a how much of a jump can this uh, can this young uh, Jaguars team making year two uh, with with a new head coach Doug Peterson. Yeah, they
2: they, they have a chance to make a, a pretty big jump. I mean, obviously they've only won uh, four games over the last two seasons, so it's not as though they have a you know a long ways to go in order to make that jump. But I, I do think that given that the division is sort of in flux, I, I know that the, the, the Titans are still in the lead there. They they have the defense. Uh, the offense isn't really changing very much. Uh, it, it still should be the best team in the league. But, yeah, the, the, the Texans are in shambles. They're not going to have Deshaun Watson. I mean, obviously that was clear last season as well, but they haven't really done too much to upgrade that quarterback room right now. They have Davis Mills, who to me right now is not the guy that you want to move forward with um, for the foreseeable future. But we'll we'll see because they have no other choice. And then you have the Colts who they are in desperate need of a quarterback. There's rumors out there that maybe they'll go after a Jimmy Garoppolo or someone like that, and, and that wouldn't make sense. They have plenty of cap space, so they might get a little better there. But, yeah, the, the Jaguars, you know, they have um, a lot of moves that they need to make. They still have to add more receivers. They still have to figure out their defense in its entirety. Obviously, cutting Miles Jack now, they have a hole again at linebacker. So you're sitting there thinking, you know, hey, if they can – Get these pieces in, perhaps they can do something. I know that the offense certainly is going to be upgraded. Christian Kirk coming in is a guy that um, Trevor Lawrence is going to grow to love, and as long as he can stay healthy, and then as long as uh, they still upgrade the receiver position throughout the draft and maybe more in free agency, then I think that it could be pretty solid. I mean, overall, I think that they're just going to you know get maybe a few games better. I'm not sure how much of a jump. I don't think they're going to be winning the AFC South this year, but yeah, they're they're definitely getting better.
0: Demetrius Harvey, Big Cat Country, joining us here on 3-and-out. Obviously, with the moves they've made in free agency, how does that change things with the draft? Given the moves they've made along the offensive line, it would seem obviously foolish for them to draft uh, one of the tackles there at at number 1. Are they sold on uh, Aiden Hutchinson? Could they sneak and go get a, a, a Kyle Hamilton? Or are they potentially even looking at moving back?
2: Yeah, I mean, from, from everything I've heard um, recently, at least, uh, it, it seems like Aiden Hutchinson is the guy you might as well just write in with a pen because all the moves that they've done so far kind of point toward that. Now, they could still fool everybody and draft an Evan Neal and put him at guard, but taking a guard number one overall, you kind of have to be special. You have to be a Quentin Nelson or even maybe even better somehow uh, in order to to take that guy at number one, especially because they haven't addressed Edge at all during free agency. It just seems like it's obvious they're going to go Aiden Hutchinson it's a guy that Trent balky, I know, would, would like. Uh, maybe the, if they can trade down, they're, they'll go in a different direction. But for now, if they stay at number one and they don't make any more moves on the edge, I think that that's a clear and obvious point. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen um, between now and, and, and the draft, but it, it just seems like they want to go all in on their offense. They want to go all in on making sure the offensive line is stable before – they do anything else, and and then moving forward, they're going to have to get somebody on defense.
1: <coughs> uh, Demetrius, when you think when you think about a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, I mean, obviously he was a late bloomer. I mean, four sacks going into twenty twenty one season. You look at the year to to end up being a Heisman Trophy finalist. Is he is he ready to deal with the fact that he's going to be a, a guy that's going to get double teamed a lot? I know people going to not going to want to bring up that Georgia film, but he's going to be going up against those caliber type tackles week in and week out. I mean. Josh Allen has proven to be a big-time uh, defensive end, even though he don't got a lot of help. Is Aiden Hutchinson ready to be that uh, that you know, the guy that gets drafted number one overall? You plug him in, and is he ready to be, be able to, uh, to be uh, more of a focal point?
2: Yeah, that's going to be the question that he's going to have to answer. I mean, it, it basically boils down to which kind of Aiden Hutchinson are you going to get. That Georgia tape obviously is something that no one wants to look at if you're talking about him in a positive light. But it's definitely something you have to think about. You know, is he going to be able to take on those double teams? Is he going to be stout enough against the run in order to play every down? I mean, I think that he's shown enough that he can do that. Absolutely. I think that he's shown he's um, athletic enough to do that. But there's still some concerns. You know, he doesn't play as athletic as his numbers would indicate. You know, he has an amazing three-cone time. But if you watch him play, his bend and his hip, you know, flexion and all those sort of terms – it doesn't. It doesn't correlate. You know, it it doesn't. You know, translate to what he should be able to do, and that's going to be the growing concern heading into the draft. And then after somebody drafts him, will he be able to do that? You know, in terms of production, 14 sacks last year. I mean, there's no telling. You know, that, that this guy is a good player, absolutely. But is he worth the number one overall pick? I think that that absolutely can be debated.
0: Finally, Demetrius, it would appear, obviously, through their moves, the uh, the Jags are going to give. Trevor Lawrence, every opportunity to, to prove himself, right? We're, we're protecting you. We're giving you guys to get the ball to. Uh, is this kind of where the Jags find out where Trevor Lawrence is, the pro quarterback here?
2: Yeah, absolutely. This is it. This is the year that pretty much you have to make sure that um, Trevor Lawrence obviously gets a, a few more weapons. But, you know, from, from what they're doing, this is going to be the year that you see whether or not he's going to blossom into the quarterback that you took at number one overall. If he puts put up the same season as he did last year, then you know there's growing concerns, very you know deep concerns about how much is he going to grow. What's wrong with him? Because they are adding pieces. Evan Ingram is coming in. Christian Kirk is coming in. I mean, you you, you have other guys from last year. You have a new offense, and you have Doug Peterson and all these other quarterback coaches that they're bringing in to surround him. Um, the excuses won't be as easy to make um, as, as they were last year during his rookie season. I think that. He's going to live up to expectations. I think that this guy is going to be an outstanding quarterback, and I have no reason to think otherwise. Um, And as long as they continue to add pieces, um, I can't stress that enough, then then I guess we'll see what happens.
0: Demetrius Harvey, Big Cat Country, our guest here on 3 Out. Demetrius, appreciate the time. Thanks so much.
2: No problem. I appreciate you guys.
0: Appreciate it. Demetrius Harvey joining us here. The Jags have been very, very active, Ben adding pieces in free agency early. we got about 30 seconds. What were you most impressed with with them with yesterday?
1: I mean, uh, when I didn't got Evan Ingram, something I talked to BJ about, uh, Kevin, a guy that I still think has a lot left in the tank. You add Zay Jones, you asked Christian Kirk, and Kevin, I think you make a good point. If you're talking about what they're trying to go all in, they're going all in second year. And, and, and listen, that's the Joe Burrow effect. You give him some weapons around him, with the offensive line, we'll see just how good or not Mr. Trevor Lawrence is going into year two. We've got more to come here. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network.
0: On this Tuesday, Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us, and Ben, so much happening uh, today uh, around the National Football League, of course, the Braves with Matt Olson, that kind of popped up at the introductory press conference, you know, Alex Anthopoulos says, hey, I'd like you to meet our new first baseman, oh, oh, by the way, on the plane ride over here in the right, he's got an eight-year deal now, so, oh, by the way, there's that to throw on top, but Deshaun Watson, we knew last week, Ben, you're like, hey, if, If his legal issues come to some sort of resolution, and they did, he's going to be a hot commodity. Carolina really wants him maybe another place. Now, like everybody who has even heard of the position quarterback, seemingly is in on this thing, including today, you have people saying quietly, well, maybe not so quietly now, but coming in late, the Atlanta Falcons apparently have interest. Mm -hmm. In Deshaun Watson. And as I said earlier in the show, Ben, what we talked about with Freddie Freeman, as soon as that deal was done and Matt Olson was traded for by Alex Anthopoulos and the Braves, he said, Freddie's time here is done. If Deshaun Watson comes to Atlanta, Matty Ice is done. Right? I mean, and, and that's that's just the reality of the situation. And you say, well, what if Deshaun Watson gets a, a four-game suspension from the commissioner? I mean, the Falcons will just eat it. Right? They'll, they'll put... Josh Rosen out there for four games and be like, "There you go." But we can see two kind of icons in Atlanta sports moving on within the span of a couple of days of each other. How real do you think this is? Is this the Falcons showing interest? Obviously, Deshaun's an Atlanta guy, but showing interest to jack the price up. You know, hey, there's more suitors. Houston going to jack the price up to kind of stick it to Carolina or New Orleans
1: if they want him. How much of this do you think is actually real from Atlanta? I think it's very real. I mean, because, Kevin, you know what you're like, I know. I mean, I go I go back to the old brave adage you always say. it's uh, Sometimes, I mean, you got to trade a guy when he has trade value. Well, a guy like Deshaun Watson changes everything. When, we, when we're talking about keeping Matty Ice and trying to give him the best possible option to be able to get the best out of him in, in these last couple of years, that's different. And then somebody goes, hey, Kevin, what? Deshaun Watson, people on the phone. Who? Because... It's all about getting better right now. It's all about having the best possible. Court. When we start talk, talking about organizations, it starts and ends with the quarterback. If I got the best quarterback, then I can start building out. You don't believe me? Jacksonville is treating Trevor Lawrence like he's uh, like he's a Tom Brady, like he's an Aaron Rodgers with all the weapons they are giving around him. But he's also under uh, a rookie contract. He's also going through a second year, and they think they can win with him. Deshaun Watson, before he before uh, before his suspension, led the NFL in passing yards on the Houston Texans. Led the NFL in passing yards for the Houston Texans. So now that Atlanta got a shot to get him, you're saying to yourself, well, look, I mean, you start reevaluating. And you know what makes the decision even more easier? Tom Brady's back in the division. Uh oh, because when Tom Brady's gone, hey, we got the best quarterback in the division. Well, now we don't. We definitely, Carolina might have the best team in the division. New no, Orleans might be best suited to, to 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 make another playoff run, and obviously Tampa got got Tom Brady, but adding Deshaun Watson, uh, I mean uh, Kevin makes everything different because you know he makes the team better. Now, I mean we I know we I know we were joking on Twitter when they was when they, they said the, uh, the GM, you know Terry Fondo, trying to show him who they got to throw to. They don't got nobody but Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts is looking around saying, dude, what a difference a year makes," but Deshaun Watson makes everything different. Like I got there are fan bases right now. Like they said that San Francisco is no longer in the running; they're not going to meet with Deshaun Watson. People are going, "Why not? Like, why couldn't you even meet with him?" So I think right now he's met with the Cleveland Browns. I think he's met with Carolina. I think he's met with New Orleans, and I think he also met with Atlanta. I think Kevin, if you if you can now, this is going to take some. Who say is the price worth it? What
0: is expected to be?
1: Uh yes, because of the player you're getting. Because the thing is, it, now. Is, is his number going to be higher than Matt Ryan's? Yeah, but he's also a younger player. He's also signed his contract after Matt Ryan. Now you're going to have to put the pe- put together a package. I think for a guy like for a guy like that, I mean, you're talking about two, maybe three first rounders. You're talking about Maddie Ice.
0: Yeah, but for a team that's really needing talent, that's a steep oh, well, price to give well, I will up. In my this, opinion, I
1: will say this: if you are Terry Fondo. Do you have a choice to not, to, to not break him in? Because you're not, me Per I don't think they're going to get him. But Kevin, this is – it's like what we say about Alex Anthopoulos. Every time a big time pitcher comes up at the trade deadline, Atlanta can't afford him, but they can pick, they can, they can, hey man, we can fly in. Because sometimes you got to give the illusion that we're trying to be what a friend, winning franchises go out to players. I ain't got the money. Well, well, think of it, it's ways to get that. They already took a bunch of money off the cap because they was able to restructure uh, Matty Ice, make that more of a signing bonus. Now they still have no money. Youngway cool, he got he, he gets a new deal. I think Jake Matthews got, a, got an extension. Uh I just think with a, a guy like Deshaun Watson, you always going he's like Russell Wilson, man. You got a chance to get him. You're gonna at least, hey man, could y'all at least come have some coffee? Can we at least talk about it? Because sometimes you're trying to formulate what you can actually do. Because Deshaun Watson's probably not about out of the picture. But you could be saying, hey, dude, we, we gotta try to put together some strategies because I mean this 2023. Uh Manny Ice is probably not going to be you know a falcon anymore because of the because of the cap number but I think Kevin what can it hurt? The worst thing you can say is okay we ain't got the money. Well we have told everybody that. Hey we ain't got no money for nobody. <laughs> I mean I would I would lead tackler it's not a Jacksonville Jaguar cuz we couldn't we couldn't pay him.
0: I guess is my 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 the crux of my argument is is this a, one of those things that w- that sounds nice like oh man Deshaun Watson that that that's great. Didn't you didn't you get that I mean I would love to have a Lamborghini. Then yeah. they show me the sticker on the yeah. window, and I'm like, oh, mm, yeah. "You know, that's that 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 ain't happening." I, I worry about pulling what like the the Saints did for Ricky Wade, Where it's like you yeah. start giving up, yeah. a lot. I mean, again, you did that for Julio Jones. You give, but you start giving up multiple ones. And you say multiple ones, okay, for Deshaun Watson, but don't, multiple ones. These are future starters yes. that you are not this getting this year and yes. a so, years. Yeah, so these yes. are these are starters that you are not getting to help your team on a team that needs. Help. Is it you mortgage the future to get the car, but you can't make the payments. Is it, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. you know what i so yeah. like, you get Deshaun Watson and that's great. We got a great quarterback. Then he goes to Terry Fonda and goes Hey, can you give me somebody to throw the ball to? Well you have. Got a great tight end. Yeah. No, I'm not, but I know I need I need like somebody receiver. Well no, we don't got any money for that. Yeah. So it's like I I to me that's where it's a fine balancing act. If you are the Falcons,
1: going to be as serious about Deshaun Watson as maybe some people think think they're going to be? And I think and I I think you, but I think you just said it. You 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 are you are you are hamstringing the 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 organization, Kevin. Because look, it's going to start in with these quarterback contracts. I'm not saying if you get a great deal, well, don't do it. But if you start saying it's going to be at least three number ones, I'm not. This time, this time yesterday, we're talking about Matt Olson as if to say he's not one of the best. A uh, first baseman in baseball, He's just ain't better than Freddie Freeman. Well, you can say that about everybody. But if you were Addison Thopolis, you said to yourself, "If I'm not gonna get Freddie Freeman, I got to get the guy behind him. I got to get him, got him, and I gave him a new deal." So, so look, I'm gonna go ahead and give him his extension right now on the plane. And then when you start going to the numbers, 39 home runs, hey man, that's some of the best hitters. That's some of the best. Uh, that's some of the best. Uh, that's top ten, top top ten easily as far as like home run hitters. And he's the first baseman, also a Golden Glover. If you're talking about getting Deshaun for a guy like Matty that's what makes it different, Kevin, is the fact, like you say, you're like, look, man, we already don't have anything to bargain. Now it's different when we're giving away first-round picks, but we already got guys under contract that we that that's that's on their rookie deals. Hence, a Denver Broncos. They already got Jared Judy going into his third year. They already got uh, uh, um, uh, Albert Ok going into his going to his second year. Cortland Sutton already read up, and we can bring back right now. You don't even have a. Your best running back is Mike Davis. Cordell Patterson is not under is not under is not under contract, and your best running offense not named Matty Ice is Kyle Pitts, who has one touchdown, and that wasn't in America. <laughs> I'm just saying we we you 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 really need to Terry Fontenot was going man, thank God I got a ball head because my goodness man, like it's, he gonna have to do his best Houdini act, but I think Kevin, this is more perception than reality. He had he had to, he had to kind of. Make it look like he can get him. I don't think they're in a position to get him because, like you said, Atlanta the every draft pick they can get. Uh, and again, I'm not saying they, they aren't serious about it. I just wonder if what
0: you're going to give up. It's like, hey, we got the we got the the best quarterback possible, but we can't do anything else. Uh, you know, I got the what what people used to call it being house poor. Like, hey, I got the best house I could possibly get. Unfortunately, I got no money to do anything else. So I got the nice house. I can't do anything because all my money is going to this one thing. So how can you? Supplement the ball club, uh, that football roster, if you tied up a lot in Deshaun Watson that you can't go out and and, and get him weapons to be successful. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, as you said, we've seen GMs in Atlanta work miracles before. We just saw it with, you know, uh, Alex Anthopoulos. I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm just wondering if it could happen and that would be a prudent move. we got more to come here. It's 3 and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you here on this Tuesday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, March Madness is upon us. you got some of the play-in games tonight. Two more tomorrow night, and then we'll have the field of 64 set. want you to get in on our bracket challenge presented by Coach's Corner. Go to ESPNCoastal.com. You'll find a link there to get in on our bracket challenge. Fill in your bracket. Winner of the bracket, going to get a uh, 70-inch TV from Coach's Corner or uh, Wings for a year. Great prizes there, so go sign up. Put your bracket in. Compete against myself, Ben, B.J., Christian, PJ, see if you can beat the gang here at ESPN Coastal. Winning bracket against some great prizes. Go to ESPNCoastal.com and sign up for that bracket challenge presented by Coach's Corner. I mean, to beat me is probably not going to take much because
1: mine, mine the last few years has been rough. Man. Needless to say, Ben. Kevin, I will say this. If, <laughs> would you, would you want to be the person to have a perfect bracket? Because that's the one thing I mean, think like, no, Because if you did, right, this is what happens. You get the perfect bracket. All of a sudden, your phone start blowing up. The Mrs. telling you, Kevin, just tell him you lucked up. I didn't luck up. I, I got a strategy yeah. for this. And then next thing you know, you got listen. You got to you because nowadays anything you do that goes against the norm, you got to go on the uh, you got to go on the media tour. Like Kevin's literally on TV saying, well, you know, I mean, and you start breaking it down. But Warren Buffett said, yeah. I would give a billion dollars to yeah. a perfect bracket. And people, oh, yeah, I was li- I was living. Uh, I remember when the uh, I think the Powerball or something was like five hundred million. This is when I was up there in New New York, New Jersey. Kevin, the line was outside. And I go, you're not, you're not going to win it. No, I woke up this morning and I just, no, no, no. <laughs> this is the hardest thing to do because, Kevin, what do we see in the tournaments? Last second three. I, you're going to see more buzzer beaters in the tournament. Yeah. And, you, and it's one game elimination, man. So, yeah, do not – listen, just like our picks during the year, do not go to the bank with these. I, my, my bracket is going to be busted already. Yeah. I got a better shot. Of let, my nephew is too. I'm going to let him pick my bracket. <laughs> yeah. He got a better shot. He's going he gonna to pick the teams with the, with the, yeah. with the nicer colors.
0: And God forbid BJ ever got a perfect bracket. Oh, my we God. Whatever he didn't up. No, I'm saying that. But if I did get a perfect bracket, ben, I, I mean, I'd be like – can can we find uh, you know who who's considered like the smartest guy out there right now? I mean, is it like Elon Musk or like Bill Gates? Like, look at me. I know you're out here making electric cars and self landing rockets <laughs> and stuff. I got a perfect bracket, son.
1: Let's <laughs> think about like, that too. Like with all, <laughs> with, all, with all the with all the with all the the the, the nerd stat people don't get into this because they know because yeah, it's, it's too much unpredictability. It's just too much. Well, I will say this. I mean, I I, I look at the 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 way college basketball has gone
0: the last couple of years, and it seems like coming out of COVID where you've gotten into, like, the first really start-to-finish season in a couple years in, in college basketball. I mean, a lot of times we say there's chaos, but I really feel like there's not. But maybe Gonzaga and maybe, um, I don't know, like an Arizona out there that are really, really good. Yeah. good. Outside yeah. of that, once you get down to, like, the Sweet 16, you hate to say the cliche, but you really feel like once you're there on that second weekend – like anybody can win. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You make it through the. You make it through. You make
1: it through the. You make, and, you, and normally that's easy.
0: just stuff people say to, to make everybody feel like, oh man, anybody can win. this. No, but you literally had a week in college basketball this year where what, like, twelve of the top fifteen teams all lost on the same weekend, and it's like, I, I don't see that one team that everybody's like, nope, they're they're just locking in Final Four for sure. Maybe Gonzaga, but the rest of it, Ben, I wouldn't be surprised if some of these teams that people pick in the Final Four aren't done. On the first weekend, out in the round of 32. I, I, I mean, it really w- wouldn't surprise me, just given the volatile nature of college basketball. And we've seen, uh, you know, with the with the double play in that you have, you 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 shove some 16 seeds kind of out of the tournament, so to speak, and you get a little bit deeper in the middle. And I think when in a year of parity like we're seeing right now, like this tournament's about to be crazy because I, because I don't think uh, again. The difference between a two-seat, when you're talking about teams like Auburn and Tennessee, are they unbeatable? No. No, but, but but could they very well make a run to the Final Four? They absolutely could. Of course. But they could also be out in the first weekend. There is not, the, I mean, and it wouldn't shock anybody. So, I, I to, to me, that's what's exciting about going in this tournament where there are some good teams, maybe some teams that are better than they traditionally are, and they could all
1: be one of those upset losses, and it would not be surprising at all. Well, it, it, they can they can go on a Texas A&M run, right, Kevin? I mean you look you look at how much momentum they had in the in the conference tournament, played in the played in the conference tournament championship and didn't make it in. So I I, I just think that what's crazy is, Kevin, you got teams, right, smart, you know, uh you know, uh mid-major teams that, that got a good run. The problem is they're not using as much attention. They're not using oh my god, Loyola, you know, Illinois and all these different things, right? And it's like, dude, and then Suze Lewis loses, uh, right? Phil the tournament is about the blue bloods riding to the top of the end. It's about the, the the Cinderella story that started off. It's about learning about teams we ain't never. I remember when the uh, the college of, uh, when the uh, uh when the coastal Coastal Florida they Live City when they was in it, and then when they were done oh, on their, the golf coach, Florida yeah. Gulf Coast. I remember with VCU when they had Coach Shaq and they had their run. Which shout to shout uh, to, uh, tried to, uh, tried to another one. of Those Deloches. That his I mean Rob Deloche son is like balling <laughs> up there with VCU, but we'll see what happens. I mean at the end of the day, Kevin Cinderella. She'll make it to the ball, but she will not leave with a prince. I guarantee you that. Go to uh, ESPNCoastal.com. Get involved in our bracket challenge presented by Coach's Corner. Obviously,
0: you still have a couple of days to do that, as you don't have to officially have it locked in until that first game on Thursday. So ESPNCoastal.com, our bracket challenge presented by Coach's Corner. love to have you be a part of that, and you can win some great prizes there at the end of the day. We're going to take three uh, next hour. Certainly the Braves lock it up, Matt Olson. That's big news as well. We'll hit all that and more hour two here on 3 and Out. Have you back, Hour 2. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you are with us. So much to get to here on the show this hour. Matt Olsen going to be a brave, as we know, but he's going to be a brave for a long, long time as uh, Alex Anthopoulos with a little bit of that uh, trickery there heading into the uh, the Matt Olsen presser today. So we'll get to that coming up uh, this hour. Also check in with Rich Styles as we do each and every week, getting really close to the Masters and coming off of the Players' Championship, which they had to finish yesterday. So uh, with all kind of wild weather. So I will get through that, to that coming up in just a little bit. But, Ben, first off, let's take three here on three and out, shall we? All right, take one. Where does Deshaun Watson end up? And if you have a football team and it's not named Houston, mm-hmm. there's a chance you have been rumored to have interest in Deshaun
1: Watson at this point, it seems like. Uh, I. I mean I'm going I'm going to go with a team that he been rumored to go to the whole time. Now at first I thought it was going to be the Washington Commanders. That's crazy to even say. Then I thought it was going to be the Seattle Seahawks but since they trying to replace Russell Russell Wilson. But I think it's going to be the Carolina Panthers. They've been the most they've been the most aggressive thus far. I know the New Orleans going Dennis Allen going to throw they uh so they had in the ring, and I know that Terry Fontenot in Atlanta—they're gonna do their best to try to make a pitch. They make it—that's more of a, a perception-driven type thing, Kevin, because of the Atlanta faithful. But I think it's gonna be Carolina. When you look at Carolina right now, I mean, you talk about a team that has Christian McCaffrey. You talk about a team that has a defense—you know—that uh, that has a lot of young superstars: Stefan Gilmore, C.J. Uh, Henderson. I mean, uh, I just—I just—I just think for me, you know, you think about a guy I like like Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson has been blessed to never, ever really leave the South, even though Houston, you know, it depends on who you ask, is that the the South or not. But this is why it really makes sense. He grew up in in Georgia, went to College of Clemson. He can go right there. Carolina, sounds, sounds like a plan to me when you talk about from a marketing standpoint. Now, obviously the front office and Matt Rule, we don't know how good of a coach Matt Rule is either. Because Matt Rule, since he came to the NFL, I mean he was okay. at Baylor had that one year. So I just think that for me, Kevin, I know as you mentioned, everybody needs a quarterback. I've heard a rumor. They tried they listen, they told they said they love Baker Mayfield on Monday, Tuesday. I mean, Baker Mayfield, <laughs> you can that on and we can get Deshaun. But for me, I think it's going to be the Carolina Panthers. I think it comes down to as
0: a matter of fact as as well as who can afford Deshaun Watson. And by afford, I don't mean to pay him the salary. I mean like, what do you got to give up? in order to get him. I don't know that that's Atlanta. Even though Atlanta has shown interest and has been thrown out there as a quote sleeper team, I don't know that Atlanta can afford him. I really don't want him in the NFC South to be honest. Uh Ben if he ain't going to uh to Atlanta, but I do think Carolina is still kind of the the front runner to get him. I think he ends up in Carolina as you said. It makes a lot of sense. He's going to be a draw wherever, but as you said went to Clemson. You know, Charlotte, not too terribly far uh, from there. All things here. I, I think it does make a good sense. For, as you said, from a marketing standpoint, I think Carolina is where he's going to uh, to end up. They can also probably, if you're Deshaun Watson, you have the, the no trade. Uh, I mean, you can also say, well, they can also afford to put some guys around me as well. Atlanta may not be able to do that yes. at the end of the day. All right, moving along, take two. Who will play wide receiver for the Atlanta Falcons? And I say that because as of right now, Ben, I will give you as much time as you need to run down the current depth chart at wide receiver
1: for the Atlanta Falcons. I know, I know I, I'm not, listen, this is my, obviously, this is my squad. <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't know nobody. Listen, Cordell Patterson is gone. Justin Gage has moved on. Justin Gage is a freaking Tampa Bay buck now. They don't have any, when I say they don't have anybody, they have somebody on the roster, but nobody who is recognized. No, no, they have, I think Zacchaeus. And that, so, so, no, that so, might so, be their entire So, so, so Listen, so you got Zacchaeus. He signed like some type of tender to keep him yeah. there. Cordell Patterson wants to get re signed, but he wants to get re signed, but they're gonna try to work his as a running back slash receiver. Calvin really likes to bet. They just call it what it is. <laughs> he, he's, he's, not gonna, he's not gonna be a Falcon. Uh Kevin, I look, this is what I would like to see. I mean, you got you got I mean, you got Robinson from Chicago, you got Jarvis Landry. Uh, you know, I mean, he 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 to see because I th- I think because uh a guy like Justin Gage is the Tampa, I don't think they're gonna add two guys. If you can get one or maybe two of those guys because whatever happened to Kevin to having one of the most prolific receiving cores, so you don't know nobody anymore? What, what about the days when you had, you know, Roddy White? When you had, you know, uh, when you when you, when you went out there and had Julio, right? I mean, now, Tony Gonzalez, now you got Kyle Pitts. That's it. I mean, as far as like a, as far as like a person who can definitely threaten the defense who's definitely going to be a focal point. Terry Fondo is on the phone trying to get trying to get Deshaun Watson. You ain't got nobody to throw to. I mean, I, I just think for Kevin, for me, I mean, I never ever thought that the, the Falcons would be in this, in this like just just awful of a situation when you think of the fact that yes, you're re-signing guys, but you have nobody. Yes, if they had if they had a camp right now, and you know, D Orlando, home team, brand of the league, they out yeah. there going, I don't know who. Who are these people? Like who <laughs> I When this guy gets signed. So yeah. I, Kevin, obviously they're gonna have to build get some guys in the draft, obviously. But you're gonna have to, still gonna have to get a veteran. I mean, Kyle Pitts still doesn't know what it's like to have a true number one receiver to, to, to take the weight off of him that way he possibly can get in the end zone more, which is a big big reason. But right now, Kevin, it's a big gigantic question mark when it comes to the receiver core for Atlanta. And that's not gonna improve any anytime soon because unless Jarvis is gonna take a pay cut. Or unless is going to take a, a a friendly deal with Christian Kirk, is going to be making $18.5 million. Good luck with that. But, yes, I couldn't tell you nobody right now that played for the Atlanta Falcons uh, as far uh, as I can receive. And, again, James Robinson will be a,
0: a nice pickup. But, again, been in, in free agency. Given, like everything else with Atlanta, given the price, are you getting a number one in free agency? Or are you shooting for a number two and hope that your draft pick, because, I mean, <laughs> at this point you have to draft receiver, in the first round, right, and hope that your draft pick pans out and has a solid rookie season. Ooh, I think, Kevin. I, I mean, think. I don't know well, if I you're th- hoping for Jamar
1: Chase numbers, but I mean, you need somebody that can play something like that, right? I, I think whoever you get, Kevin, uh, in free agency and in the draft, gonna have to, gonna have to sell it as that number one, number two, depending on how the, how the season goes, because you don't got nobody else. Like, you got to have something to build off of. So if you walk, so if you coming into Atlanta right now, you saying to yourself, if I'm a rookie, who's gonna show me the road? Now you got a better child of being a really really good player because Manny is gonna 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 demand that from you. But Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Odell Beckham, these LSU receivers got everybody thinking. Hey man, let me just you know that's like a, that's, a, that's like a college football man. Go, I didn't get you Nick Saban, you good? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. No, I do think there are they're, they're gonna be some veteran guys who is gonna be able to get a nice contract. Might not be you know, what Christian Kirk just got. But you can still be – you're going to be the number one on the Atlanta Falcons because you're all they're going to have. And you get some receivers in the draft that's going to be NFL ready that can definitely run the route tree, definitely going to be able to get more opportunity. But, yes, I don't know who's going to be on hard knocks this year. I don't know if they're going to try to double it up and do two teams. But I would love to see the Atlanta Falcons offense on hard knocks just so I can see. And – and, and <laughs> Just it kind so of, you can learn names. Just so I can learn who – And <laughs> it, kind of, it, kind of, it kind of does pave the way for maybe like a Cordero Patterson to come back, Kevin – because he is familiar with the system. He does provide uh, he does provide like uh, value both at the running back and the receiver position. But we'll see because, man, these, I mean, Christian Kirk just reshaped the whole market if you're trying to get paid uh, as far as a receiver right now. And a lot of these guys we mentioned, they got way better numbers than them. Yeah,
0: and again, I, I'll be interested to see what the Falcons can get in free agency as a receiver spot. You need more than one. I mean, you, you can't just say, well, we'll address it in the draft. Okay, so now you have two wide receivers. We're going. going to run. Uh, what do they call it? Eleven personnel all yeah. game. That's all we're going to do. Is just have uh, you know two wide receivers out there the whole game. I mean, I think if I as I look at this draft, Ben, if we're going to keep Matt Ryan, and who knows with Deshaun, but if you're going to keep Matt Ryan, I'm drafting a wide receiver, and I'm sorry, love Correll Patterson, drafting a running back somewhere. Uh, given his deepest running back is, you could probably get a nice one third, fourth round. Sorry, yeah, Mike oh yeah. Davis. Sorry, Cordell Patterson. We're getting somebody that can run the ball, yes. and, and, and we can utilize you in, in, your, in your roles as we see fit. But, man, I think the Falcons could be doing a lot of picking on offense with their draft. I mean, if you go to the draft, and you have one wide receiver on your roster, and I know there's free agency, but if you go to the draft, and you have two wide receivers on your roster, I think you've got to draft a couple. Hey, probably need a draft to draft a running back. And I know that's not sexy, uh, necessarily, when you're like, hey, we need some D linemen. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Run, Matt? Hey, Matt, we brought you back, man. We restructured your contract. We really appreciate you doing us a solid. Who's my wide receivers? Some cat named Kevin Thomas. He came off the radio and was going to run routes out there. Go get him, big man. Like, no. Mm-hmm, like,
2: mm-hmm,
0: you, mm-hmm. you got to do better than that for for Matt Ryan. All right, move along. Take three. Who, in your estimation, Ben, becomes the leader of the Freddie list
1: Atlanta Braves. Oh, that's easy. I mean, I, I think, I think, I think it is. I think it is Ron lacunha I mean, I, th- I think, I think, I think, I think that's the easy answer. I mean, because I think, he, I think he understands how to do it now. Like people say, well, why would you say that when he first comes? in, He's still a phenom. He's still going to be incredible. But I think too, though, Kevin, it might be by it might be by committee, which is kind of what you want too. Obviously, it's going to be all about Ron lacunha right? I I know I know Mr. I know I mean I I just know that like when you when you start when you start talking about Izzy, Austin, Austin Riley, Max Freed, Ian Anderson, because you got keep you got key contributors at every at every like you know major position shortstop you know second base uh, you know pitcher reliever, and that's what's gonna make because I think the culture is something that's not well I talk about it a lot when you think about the Braves though Kevin when you think about a guy like Freddie Freeman. That's another thing we don't talk about. He finally got to say, "All right, I know I'm the man, but I don't got to be that guy every day." I, that, if Freddie Freeman played was playing relaxed, that's dangerous for the for the you know for your opponent because now he's he he was he was playing that well under stress. Now all right, I can relax. Freddie, I, I think it's gonna be Ron. Lacuna. It's gonna be all about Ron Lacuna, uh, you know, Kevin, but. I mean I just think that when you think about what Ozzy has done, when you think about what Austin Riley has done, when you think about what Dansby has done, when you think about what Max Fried has done, and who and who's and and that's and and who knows how uh, Soroka's going to be when he get back, it's going to be leadership by committee which is going to be cuz I just think when you on a team that everybody look when it's like this. When I'm watching they show Ozzy and uh, Cunha out there joking with each other. They I I got to see that. I don't want to see Ronald Cunha Jr being all uh, professional. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh-uh. We oh, he did hear everybody with the "I'm back" after yeah, blasting yeah, a homerun. Yeah 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 <laughs> I, yeah. I, I I just I just I just wanna I just I just think that it's gonna be obviously the face is Ron Lacuna. It was gonna be Ron Lacunia even for the female to resign. But I think it's gonna be kind of leadership by committee because the, we we can share the load now, man. I think everybody has kind of grown up over the last three or four years. I mean these guys. I mean how many guys are all stars? How many how, Austin Riley? I mean you know. Wasn't going to win no MVP, but putting a big-time number. So a lot of guys have grown up, learned what it's going to take. And, hey, man, I, I like the leadership by committee, even though even though when Ron Lacuna blast that first homer, well, here we go again. Yeah. Because I do think a guy like Ron Lacuna, I do want him selfishly to, to kind of get that 40-40 because, man, he, he flirted so close, which, I mean, they ain't going to pitch to him, you know, once he started getting close to it. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be leadership by committee. I, I look at – and I, I don't know that it's going to be – it might be
0: C- Cunha on the field, but I still wonder if – and he's gotten better at it if because he still needs to have the interpreter yeah. to help. I mean, he's not he's, he's never shied away from answering questions, but the guy you can go to every day and get that quote, I think it's going to be Ozzie Albies. And you say, well, he's still kind of young. It's true. He is kind of a young guy. But I think you look at Ozzie's been in the league a little bit now. And as you start making that transition, you're no longer the young, fresh face. You've still got a fresh-looking face, but you have been – you kind of start looking at these things by seniority. You, Max Fried all of a sudden went from the young pups to, hey, wait a minute, we, we're the old guys that have been here a hot minute. And so I think those are the guys, to me, that kind of set the tone. You take, as as you said, you take what Chipper Jones taught Freddie Freeman and what Freddie Freeman taught you about being the face yeah. and the leader of a franchise, yeah. and it's time to put it into practice. And I think for, for Ozzie Albie's Max Freed, they're going to be those guys uh, to do it. I think Austin Riley could be, but Austin Riley's like a second, third-year player. I, I don't think yeah. you throw that on him. Yeah. So I, I say I say, uh, Ozzy Albies, Max Freed probably going to end up in those roles before it's all said and done. That's take three. We do it every day at this time. we got so much more to get to here on the show. Of course, Matt olson has got a nice new contract with the Atlanta Braves. We'll get to that. And more NFL free agency has been absolutely wild as well. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Well, Alex Anthopoulos, you can't ever accuse him of not staying busy. Uh, ben, Matt Olson traded yesterday and called a lot of people uh, in their fields, obviously about Freddie Freeman. And, hey, we love Freddie Freeman, but you had to make a non-emotional move, apparently, for the ball club. And you say, well, it was all about the money. I don't know if it was all about the money uh, between uh, the Braves because before you could even get Matt Olson to the introductory press conference, he signed an eight-year deal. Worth $165 million. So the Braves obviously had some money. To it. Now, is that as much as Freddie was going to get? No. No. But you locked up a hometown player. Come on. For eight years. Come on. And he's maxing out $22 hey. million on this thing, which is going to be about $13 less than what Freddie was going to be making a year. And you got a player that's really, really good. So, I mean, Matt Olsen said, look, as soon as I got traded here, you know, my agent got on the phone and said, hey, they want to work out an extension. And, and he said, do it. I want to be, like, I'm from Atlanta. This is an opportunity for me to play, uh, you know, for my hometown team. They're a contender. They're young. They got guys on friendly deals. Let's do it. And got an eight-year deal done basically overnight while, while, while Matt Olson was getting from Arizona
1: to Florida. Matt Olson is uh, Matt on the contract for the next eight years. You know who else is on the contract for the next eight years? That would be Ronald Cunha, Jr. I think he still has eight years left on his deal. And look, I give Adamson Thomas a lot of credit. We, 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 we talk about him like he's not one of the best GMs in sports. Look at what he's done. He's done all this in four years. The hardest decision he's ever had to make is, is understand the hardest decision was not that they did not re-sign Freddie Freeman. It's that Freddie Freeman wanted more money. No, no, we did try to re-sign Freddie Freeman. He wanted more money. But look what we got in spite of him. Oh, but oh and 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 the thing is too. You know, Matt also understands, man, this Braves team, man. I mean, I see what they be doing. I see these guys battling out with the Astros, and they got to deal with the Phillies and the Mets. You know, they got to deal with the Nationals. Then they, they they just they going toe-to-toe with the Dodgers. Because this is the thing that should scare, that should scare anybody in the National League about the Braves. Now, when it comes to this Braves lineup, ooh, it is nasty. It is nasty any way you want to do it. If Even if Soler is going to be the – you know, the – the, the D.H. I mean, it, it's going to be nasty. Then you add another bat in Olsen. You add another – now, look, people say, is he going to give you 39 home runs? No, nope, but he's going to give you at least 25. That's a pretty – and that's a golden glove. So, he's giving you on both ends. Who does that sound like? Sound like Freddie Free to me? When you talk, his war was better than Freddie Free's. Does that mean he's better than Freddie Free? No. But I'm going to stop talking about Olsen and Freddie Free in the same sense because Freddie Free is no longer brave. Appreciate the contributions. Now, it's about Olsen. But then, Kevin, I mean, when you start talking – Look, do the Braves got a pitching staff like the Dodgers? Nope, but they can go toe-to-toe with anybody. So when you think about all these things they have done, Addison Thompson said, look, Olsen said, I want to be a Brave." The Yankees was also going after him. They didn't get him. Think about that. He's a brave, hometown guy. Did the the contract extension and is cap friendly. It's going to be a freaking different CBA by the time his contract (laughs) is up. You know, but I do. But I give Allison Thompson a lot of credit, man. He was choked up yesterday. You know, talking about the Freddie Free situation. I like how he said before we even before <laughs> I know I know it's hard to not get news to me. But hey, eight year extension on Mister Olsen. and uh, I think he's gonna fit in just fine, Kevin. I just think that you know, Mike Soroka is coming back. Ian Anderson has grown up a lot. Ian Anderson first first start in the majors against the freaking Yankees. Second start against the Red Sox. Pitched in listen, pitched in the uh, postseason two years, pitched in the World Series last year. Max Freed, I mean, wow, I mean, we're talking about Max Freed when you know it, it was supposed to be t- it's supposed to be Mike Fournier. We done just completely forgot about him. Yeah, but with, with, with everything that is going on, so I do think that number one, yeah, you had to give up some stuff, but uh, Christian Pache and uh, but I do think Kevin, I trust this Braves uh, farm system, and like I said, it seems that Josh Donaldson, who's no longer Braves, who's a Yankee now, everybody that they get. They, they fit right in when it comes to this lineup because that's how dangerous it is. You add an older to already lineup that might, I don't know, might have, you know, uh Solar might have uh, you know, uh might have uh Marcelo 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 Zuna, he might be in there. I just think that for me, I give Allison Thomas a lot of credit. He saying, look, with all these people spending a lot of money to get players, but they ain't making it to the playoffs. They make yeah. it all star teams, they doing home run derbies. We're doing it the Braves way. And, Kevin, you know how it goes. All it has to do is work. Now, when people say, well, what about Ronald Cunha Jr. come up? To every rule, there is an exception. And if it's going to be an exception, but that's down the line. They, I mean, right now, Ronald Cooley yeah. Jr. wants to say, hey, man, I want to get back to where I was because I think in two out of his four years in the majors where I didn't have a full rookie year, uh, I, think, I think I heard running the bases or something, uh, the one yet obviously, you know, coming off an of injury this year, very, very dangerous team, uh, Kevin. I'm looking forward to having yeah. Olsen in there. And I think Allison Anthopoulos, he's running circles around these lot of GMs who, while they got deep pockets, and they, and they ain't really getting that return on yeah, investment I, at this point. I, And, again, I think what he
0: has done has been nothing short of fantastic uh, because uh, the worst thing you can do in Major League Baseball, there is no salary cap. There's a CBT. Steve Cohen with the Mets says, I don't care. I'll go way over it. I'll pay every luxury tax you want. It's fine. Braves are still working within the budget. And as I said, Matt Olsen. There's an option year on the end of that eight years, which is a club option. So technically there's a ninth year on there for 22 more million. So you got Matt Olson for nine years. As been. Let, let's look at the core: Ronald Acuna, seven more years. Ozzy Albies, six more years. Austin Riley, four more years until he comes off of arbitration and eligibility and, and has to have a deal done. So I imagine he's not going to get, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, yeah, he's, he's not going to get to, arbitration, to, yeah. he's not get to the end of that four years. Ian Anderson, five more years. Max Fried, three more years. Mike Soroka, again, we'll see coming off of two AC, uh, uh not ACLs, um, Achilles. Achilles injuries. You never know, but he's got three more years of control. So you have pieces under control for a while. And so when people look at this Braves team and say, man, how good could they be? I mean, the core of this team ain't going anywhere for at least three or four years. I mean, this thing is there, set, ready to go.
1: Uh and, and also about he He's 28. Job. Everybody everybody else is what? 24, 25? Yeah, pretty I, young. So I, I, oh, wow. I I just I just think sometimes, Kevin, we get caught up. Good look. I mean, yeah, man, I was just I was just looking at something about, you know, Francisco Lindor and Utah, you know, you got, you know, you got Tatis, you got, you know, Bryce Harper. I mean, you got, you know, Mike Trout. Guess what? None of them guys, none of them guys can beat the Braves. Most of them guys didn't even make it to the playoffs. The Phillies. No, the Nationals got rid of Bryce Harper. They win the World Series the next year. <laughs> so all I'm saying is, it's great to have stars. Is there a bigger superstar? Is there a bigger superstar than Ronald Cooney Jr.? Maybe. Yeah, Mike Trout. Yeah. Not many. But but if when, there is, but yeah. when, they, when, when they was ranking the top players in the majors, the Braves had two in the top 10 or top 15. That would be Freddie Free, Ronald Cooney Jr. All I'm saying is, as good as Olsen is away from the Braves with Oakland, now he's on a team that contends with a player like Ronald Acuna Jr. I just, I just think that this lineup is going to be nasty, Kevin, for a while. And I will say, that, and
0: again, I want to just throw that in there because I, I, <coughs> I want to, I'm, I'm, I want to uh, get your thoughts on it because this, I think this is important. You're a professional athlete, right? You want to win, yes. of course. Like, and, and you go out there and try to earn your paycheck. That yes. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that. How much different would your outlook have been on your career if, in the middle of it, Penn would have wound up from the Tennessee Titans, four and five wins, to, say, the Pittsburgh Steelers? Like, you go from a team that's kind of middling around out there, you know the A's are kind of cheap, and, you know, when it gets expensive and your contract comes up, you're probably not going to stay. But you go from that to a team that contends, a team, a team that competes, a team that expects to win. I mean, how, how much different... Does that change your outlook just as a player? I mean, you were a good player in Oakland, I'm not, and you're going to be a good player in Atlanta. But how yes. much does that kind of just change the outlook when you show up to the ballpark, going, "Man, everybody in this place thinks we're going to win it all." It's everything. can we scrape together an all-star yeah. for two million bucks? I mean, that
1: that that is just a change in attitudes and scenery here for him. Man, Kevin, it's everything. Look, it's it's like this. You know, Kevin, you you uh you know you uh you announce games on uh you know during 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 the fall. Yeah. Just imagine, you know, just imagine if all you got to do is show up. Like you show up, everything set up already. Hey Kevin, what we got you in this air conditioned booth? What we got? Listen, we, we got you. We got you these big time cameras and all these different angles. We got you the best mics because you good. You're great at what you do. But when you add when you add something to greatness, look at what it does. You don't believe me? The Tampa Bay Bucks were a sleeping giant. They had players. They needed a piece. Here comes Tom Brady now. Oh, Bruce Aaron. Bruce Aaron's is the same coach. He got Tom Brady right. When you talk about this Braves team, when you talk about listen, when Oza said, "Man, I want to be a God, Man, I grew up a Braves fan. Man, I, I was him when Jason Hayward. You know, hit his opener. I, I want to be there. And he goes, "Man, I was a great player." And obviously, I'm a big fan of Freddie Freeman. Man, he's the gold standard right now at the uh, you know at the at the at the first base position, man. But I'm right there, and I'm younger. I want to be a break. It make it makes it makes it makes a total difference. I, I'll give you an example. When we got when we got uh when we got um. Oh, Vince Young, it's a breath of fresh air because we had just lost, uh, you know, we had uh, we had just lost Mac Nine, we had just lost Steve McNair, so we think, hey, dude, and this, and, and so I'm sitting there and I'm saying, dude, because sometimes Kevin, it's just, it's that different energy. You say, all right, man, let's do this. Now, did we go through some growing pains? My 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 third year, yeah, but we also went eight and eight. Vince Young started the last eight games of the season. He won eight games. That's how he won rookie the year. He didn't even start. The, he didn't even start the year. That next year. Hey man, it's starting to click. And Kevin, the the hardest thing to do is to have a winning culture consistently. All Ron Lacuna Jr. know is winning. Since he's been there, I hear about these dog ages, man. But I'm sorry, that's that's just like, that's just like, OKC used to be the used to be the Seattle SuperSonics. OKC didn't go through a losing season because you had Kevin Durant and then you had Russell Westbrook and then you had James Harden. How has it been since? Now ain't much to talk. So I do think you pairing you pairing a superstar. With, with complimentary players that don't mind uh being being you know, being that robber to that batman and you got a winning culture with a guy that Addison Thompson is gonna take care of you, that's gonna get guys at the trade deadline, man. It makes it makes the biggest difference in the world because I, I taught to guys that played to Pittsburgh, I taught to guys that play New England, I talk to guys, you know, that played at winning franchises, and the one thing they said is, dude, you can feel it. Like you walk in, the expectation is super duper high, but look at how well guys are playing. It's one thing when you got a really, really good player on a really, really bad team. And, he say, and he's saying he's getting interviewed because he's that guy. Compared to, hey man, if 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 uh, if a really really good player, is a man, go talk to that kid over there. Why? Because that kid is going to be the next up. That kid, over? yeah, I think that kind of stuff is important. But you're right, a change of scenery with the right mix of players with a winning atmosphere. Because Kevin, if winning and losing is your livelihood and all you do is lose, yeah, you're getting paid, <laughs> but it suck because you got to deal with it every day. You avoid family yeah. members, but when you're winning. Hey, man, invite the people over, man. Let's have a get-together. When you lose it, nah, <laughs> man, I don't, I don't really feel like talking we'll that much. It's, it's worth And yeah. we got more
0: to come here. It's three and out on this Tuesday all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Good to have you on this Tuesday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop. Glad you are with us here on the show. And uh, Ben, free agency in the NFL has been nuts. I mean, we've talked about all the things that have happened with, you know, Major League Baseball, and they've had a whirlwind of signings. But uh, the NFL has just been crazy. From Deshaun Watson wants to go to every team out there to, I mean, Randy Gregory. Man, have you seen anything like that in the National Football League where you come out, hey, Randy Gregory's going uh, to the Cowboys. He's going to a uh, re uh, I mean, actually, and actually the Cowboys went as far as to put that out themselves on the social media to, whoops, actually, he's signing with the Denver the Broncos. I mean... So, we've actually had a guy allegedly finalize a deal to go to Cowboys and actually go to the Denver Broncos instead. So, I mean, we've seen a little bit of everything here in uh, in this free agency period.
1: Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, This is the thing about the Randy Gregory situation. They said, uh, so I saw that Demarcus Lawrence, D Law, re signed. They, they restructured, his deal. they gave him a four year, $40 million deal. They said, we're going to bring back uh, Randy Gregory. Uh, going to year seven, uh, four years, seventy million dollars, uh, twenty eight million dollars a guarantee, which is what the contract really is—the guarantee money. Right. So I said, all right, he's coming back. "I said, uh, I said he come back to Dallas. He's come back to Dallas." And all of a sudden, I said, "Wait a minute." So Says he's going to Denver. So then I go, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm thinking myself, "What's going on?" So then Kevin, we do. We we social media never loses. Somebody at Dallas go, no, 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 you're wrong. because he said, "Calm down, calm down, calm down." He's coming back to the Dallas Cowboys. Then they come out and say, that tweet has been deleted because he's going to Dallas. Woody Page, great Woody Page. Uh, I know I know, uh, I know, know. our own uh, Cody Queen, shout out to Cody. Loves Woody Page. Woody Page says, quote, uh, Randy Gregory is not a good fit for the Denver Broncos. That would be Chandler Jones. And right on that tweet, he put, never mind. Because, <laughs> I, I, because, because what you realize is, Kevin, now Anthony Barr, those you who don't know where Anthony Barr is, Anthony Barr, uh, former uh, first-round pick out of UCLA linebacker, got drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. He came up for free agent like a couple of years ago, and he was going to sign a big-time deal with New York. Now, he's, <laughs> he's flown to New York. He's You know how they take the picture? You see the, the, the Jazz logo? He didn't sign it. He flew back to Minnesota and said it didn't go through. So this is – it seems more unusual than it is, but it's because of who it is. Dallas doesn't usually lose guys that they drafted. And for those, think about Randy Gregory coming out of, uh, coming out of Nebraska, a guy that had his troubles, like getting suspended, getting, getting uh, yeah. injured. But this, listen, to me, this is what I think happened. He was going to sign with the Dallas Cowboys. He got to talk with Jared Jones. Jared Jones gave him that slick talk, him and Steven Jones. And he goes, and his agent go, dude, you don't got to take that? What you mean? Man, who you rather play with? The Dallas Cowboys are super duper underachievers, or I or I just think at the end of the day, you know, uh, do you go with Denver? So he chose Denver. Hey, and uh, he he said, I want, I want, I want uh, Bradley uh, Bradley Chubb. I want, you know, <laughs> I, maybe Von Miller to come back. But yeah, but yeah, Kevin, it, this is one of those things that Dallas can can the PR machine or the Jerry Jones. <laughs> he can't ban he can't banish this one up. We got
0: more to come. We'll chat with Rich Styles, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show. When we return, it's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio. Good to have you back here on this Tuesday. Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of your day. Players' Championship just finished yesterday as uh, a lot of bad weather uh, over the weekend and, uh, and a young winner that we don't know much about. Uh, getting ready for the Masters here in a couple of weeks. Rich Stiles, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, joins us. Rich, welcome. How are you?
3: I am doing uh, much better than probably some of the pros that played on it Uh at the players at Sawgrass.
0: Yeah, that was uh, one of the weirder schedules we've seen uh, for a uh, tournament like that. To just uh, try to cram a whole bunch of rounds in as best you can, but uh, finish it up on Monday. You had a young man pick up a win, playing incredible golf. All things considered, what can you tell us about him?
3: Well, Cameron Smith is a great putter, and he showed it on Monday, uh, final day, uh, with uh, eight one putts. I mean, which is incredible, I and mean, some of the putts were you know, 15, 20, 25 feet. And, you know, when you one putt eight greens, either to make a birdie or save par, um, you know, you just have a, a great chance of winning and nobody was really pushing him. I mean, one of the guys pushing him was Paul Casey until he got to 16 and his ball ended up in a plug lie. And I don't understand why they wouldn't let him take it out of that because I just don't understand, but they didn't. He ended up making par on the hole, but I think that lost him a chance to win the tournament. But Cameron Smith's a great player. I mean, just, uh, you know, with the mullet, I mean, it's just, he just played well.
1: And, Rich, I mean, a guy like Cameron Smith, obviously everybody's talking about his shot on the 17th, the dreaded 17th. What? What is what is the best strategy when it comes? Because I've seen so many guys, they're trying to aim to the left, aim to the right of the pin, aim. what is the best strategy for the 17th, which obviously was a shot to remember for a guy like Cameron Smith? Well,
3: you know, when you're coming into a tournament and after you leave 14 or 16, sorry, the par 5, and you're looking at 17 as you're walking across, and it's not a short walk. I mean, it's a pretty good walk. Um, you know, you're looking at that, and you're looking where the pin is, and it's like, hey, just let me get on the green, let me two-putt and get out of here, and let me try for 18, of which he birdied. But, you know, that's the strategy. It's just don't blow it. Don't make the big mistake. Make sure you have the right club. Commit to the club and just make sure you get it on the green.
0: Rich, obviously speaking of strategy, what's the strategy here next couple of weeks depending on who you are out there on the PGA Tour with the Masters coming up?
3: Well, you know, some of the guys will take off the next two weeks and, you know, just rest. Um, uh, And it may be because of what happened at the players because it was such a long tournament. I mean, Paul Casey said it's the only tournament I've ever been in where I had two full days where I didn't play. And so, you know, it's exhausting mentally, physically. Um, Some of them may play this week at uh, the Valspar and then play next week at uh, Texas and then go to the Masters. Uh, Some will take off this week, go to Texas, and make that kind of a get-ready-for-the-Masters kind of weekend. It it just depends on how they're playing, how they're feeling, especially after this long players' tournament. Uh, It'll be interesting to see. uh, But, again, I think they will take at least one week off. Not sure if it'll be next week, but for sure if they do next week, it'll be the week after.
1: And, Rich, I mean, what I mean, what, what do you think is the best strategy? As you mentioned, certain guys going to try to, you know, certain guys, I mean, they're very, very, like, uh, structured when it comes to their approach to the game of golf. They want to play as much golf as possible to make sure they're going into the Masters. They're still, you know, they're still, like, used to the routine. And as you mentioned, certain guys saying, look, because of the players, I want to be able to take some time off. In your estimation, what do you think is the best strategy with the Masters uh, rapidly approaching? Well, I think it
3: kind of depends. I mean, there's a lot of guys. I know Harris English worked with his coaches and his team. And his strategy uh, for the last couple of years has been play three tournaments, take two weeks off, play three tournaments, play two, you know, take two weeks off. So a lot of them don't like to play four, five, six weekends in a row uh, because it's draining, from a mental standpoint, from a physical standpoint, from a competitive standpoint. So it just depends on how they feel right now after the players and the elongated players that they had with the stop and go of everything, whether or not they feel they've got the stamina to play three more tournaments and one of those, including the masters, I would think they would want to get at least some kind of a rest between now and the masters uh, in order to get ready for them, for the big major.
0: Rich Styles, host of the back nine boys golf show joining us, Rich. Speaking of that, I know you and I were talking before you came on here about, you know, Phil has been in the news so much and uh, the, the talk of, Phil just needs to uh, to step aside and go away for a little while. And now, as you said, you're seeing some guys call for Phil not to go to the Masters. And I know people say, well, maybe he wasn't going to play. But as a former champion, uh, you get invited to participate in a lot of things. I'm guessing the calls like, don't even do that. How much more of that do you think picks up the closer we get to Augusta? And do you think at the end of the day, if Phil's there and doesn't play, it's, it's maybe not a big deal?
3: Well, I think the Masters from history, does not want anything pulling away from the Masters. And Phil definitely, by showing up, would take away. Uh, will he show up for the Champions Dinner? I mean, we don't know. Uh, not a lot of people have talked to him. Um, Monahan, Jay Monaghan has said that he's trying to, you know, he would talk to Phil, uh, but, you know, Phil has not contacted him, so Monaghan is waiting for a call from Phil. Uh, and who knows if that's even going to happen. Uh, but, you know, Phil's a former champion, and he has the right to go. Uh, but, you know, with everything that has gone on, he may realize, uh, hopefully through his PR team, if he has one, that, you know, maybe, maybe I should just take a couple weeks, a couple months, and just kind of let all this settle down, and then maybe – slowly ease back we are a very forgiving society and a lot of the guys on the tour have said you know well everybody deserves second chances i think phil's had more than one chance uh, based on a lot of things in his career uh but showing up at the masters i'm kind of on the fence some writers are saying he should not uh but I just I just think it'll take away too much from what has been known as, you know, kind of the best tournament around and the legend of Bobby Jones and everything else. I don't know. Maybe it'd be best if he just kind of turned on Netflix and watched <laughs> Aggravance. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, Rich, I mean, when you think about how everything now with the, with the presence of social media, how polarizing – Uh, everything is now I do agree I do think uh, a guy like Phil deserves a second chance but it's all about time and place right when you think about how unified the uh, the players on the tour seem to be when it comes to this because obviously they got to answer hard questions when it comes to a you know a fellow colleague of theirs, but they don't want that they don't want that to be the focus that the masses that you mentioned doesn't get much prestigious than that do you do you think when it's all said and done I mean Phil does hopefully listen to his uh PR team has said to himself, look, man, you can only do more harm because no matter what you say, anything you say that's taken the wrong way is only going to add to already uh, this, all this baggage you carry.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I mean, you know, it's he You know, he wrote a six-paragraph apology, and the bottom line is, uh, you know, he didn't take any uh, responsibility for what he said. I mean, he attacked the PGA Tour, then he attacked the Saudi Gulf, Um, he hasn't I think gone through the process of you know maybe I did screw up maybe I shouldn't have said those things maybe I should apologize for what I said Um, I don't think he's gone through that maybe that's what he's doing now by taking some time off and uh, it's much needed time off because he's put a lot of a lot of pressure on himself a lot of pressure on any tournament that he's going to go because the bottom line is if he has a media talk with the folks at the next tournament, you know that it's going to be all about what he said about the Saudi tour. And it's going to take away from the tournament. And uh, I'm not sure he'd be able to concentrate on playing golf. So, you know, who knows? But a bottom line is the masters is the masters and they don't want anything, anybody to take away from what the Masters is and has been for such a long time.
0: Well, certainly Rich Stiles, host of the Back Nine Boys Golf Show, our guests Saturday and Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. You can catch Rich. Uh, Rich, who do you have coming up this weekend?
3: Well, this weekend we've got uh, the former golf coach for Michael Jordan, Ed Ibargoin, who is the director of golf at Duke University, who, by the way, when Michael started to play golf, was the head pro at Finley, which is the UNC golf course, and then he took a job at Duke. And Michael, even while he was playing basketball at Carolina, would go to Duke for his golf lessons. So that will be interesting. Ed has got a lot of stories, not many that he can tell on the air, but he's got a lot of stories about MJ, and uh, uh, he's just such a great guy. I've, I've known Ed for quite a while.
0: I've Dave. Looking forward to that coming up this weekend. Saturday and Sunday mornings, 8 a.m., Rich Styles Back Nine Boys Golf Show. Rich, always a pleasure. Thank you much. Thank you much.
3: All right, guys. Thank you very much.
0: Appreciate it. Rich Styles joining us. And, again, I know it's going to be interesting to watch Phil and how they approach that. Ben, I know you spent time around Augusta. I mean, the Masters is all about the Masters. As, as Rich said, it's the one golf tournament where they say anything. I remember when the protests were going on about – Hey, why don't you have any women members? We're going to protest your sponsors. The master said, fine, we won't have any sponsors. We're going to have the golf tournament. I mean, that is what, that is, a, the, they go so far as like, hey, we don't want people coming in here saying, why, why you got a sandwich for $12? No, it's you know, two bucks. You can have a, uh, you know, the provencal cheese sandwich. And, and so I, I think that kind of leads me where Rich is thinking, say like, Phil probably better off if... Uh, if you just don't show.
1: Yeah, I hope I hope Phil makes uh, the right decision and just choose to sit this one out, Kevin. Because like I said, he could do more harm than good. Phil, listen to your PR people, man. <laughs> sit this one out. Final hour coming up around the corner. It is 3 and Out
0: all across the Southern Pigskin Radio Network. Streaming live at ESPNCoastal.com. Final hour here of 3 and Out. So much to get to here on the program. NFL free agency been nuts. The Braves. Lock up Matt Olson so he's not even a brave for 24 hours, and he gets an eight-year deal with a ninth-year club option. So, Matt Olson, if you're upset about him being here, well, first off, he's a great player, so shame on you. Yep. I understand you're upset about Freddie Freeman, but if you're upset with Matt Olson at first baseman, uh, that's a you problem. He's going to be here for nine years, I-, I would imagine. Eight at least, probably nine. $22 million on the back end of the year. Very club-friendly deal. Going to get paid, uh, certainly, and, uh, Ben, I... I- I was watching a, a show last night, obviously, with all the news going down. I went home and was watching, you know, MLB Network. And it just so happened that uh, they're starting a series leading up to the season. Like, who's the best? And they're going position by position uh, each night. Who's the best right now? And they have guests on to talk about it. And at the end, uh, they're revealing their top ten based on computer metrics, right? It's like, who is the best based on statistical data? And then they ask people, guessing who come on, what they think. Number one first baseman in baseball right now is Freddie Freeman. Matt Olson was number three. And some of the folks on there would say, hey, Matt Olson could be number one in a, in a season or two. So, Braves fans, it sneaks. Freddie's gone. But the guy you got, you better start loving because he's going to be there a while and he's going to be good. Uh, and I think that first time he takes Mac Scherzer deep or, you know, flexes on the Mets, flexes on those Phillies,
1: you're gonna be loving some Matt Olson. At think, the end I, of the day. I think Matt Olson, uh, Kevin one is built to be a brave. Grew up, I mean, cause think about this. We all have our hometown teams growing up. At one point, the Braves were the only thing in town when you started until you started adding teams, you know, like Tampa Bay and different things, right? Matt Olson got a deal done. He, I mean, his agents said, look, they want to get it get it done. So that was the best flight of his life <laughs> coming from coming from Arizona to to, to Atlanta. And then, and then, Kevin. Too. The thing is, if somebody go, I'm the number three. I'm the number three. Uh, basement. Uh, first baseman in, in baseball. That means I'm the number three. Uh, third baseman. I mean, first baseman on the planet. Because what happens is, right? <laughs> on the, nobody's better than Freddie Freeman.
0: Not that, right
1: now. Yeah. Not right now. But that, but Matt is coming off 39 home runs, two golden gloves, 28 years old. Grew up a Grew up an Atlanta Braves fan. So this, so this was his dream uh, situation. But if somebody would have told him, look, the Braves are going to be coming up a World Series. Ronald Cooney Jr. is going to be coming off injury. You're going to be, you're going to, you're going to get an eight-year deal with a, with a, with an option of a ninth year. You already just bought a house in Atlanta, and the Braves are one of the hottest teams in baseball. They they this is the four. I think they won. They won. They won. Uh, they won this division four years in a row. Yep. I mean, he was like, I, I wouldn't believe it. Well, believe it, because, and you're gonna be one of the elder statesmen at 28. These other guys are 24, 25. I'm telling you, Kevin, this has, this has to make it for really. Alex Anthopoulos, I'm listen. Number one, I'm, I'm I apologize, Anthopoulos, because we looking at what Anthopoulos has to do on the field. He's walking a while. He's walking by FBI agents. That's who he's walking by when he's taking his stuff in the office. We forget how bad this front office was when it comes to the Braves. And Kevin, it's almost like and then think about it. And they give him Snit. I man, you're gonna give him Snit. You're gonna give out of all the freaking go And Match made it heaven. Cause Snit was like, look, man, my job is not mess this thing up. My job is to tell a young budding uh, you know, transcendent talent like Ronald Cooney Jr. to yell at him cause he ain't running out. He ain't running out of, you know, running he could have got a double, he ain't running he ain't running out. I just think that for me, Kevin, like we talked about in the first hour, the culture, the atmosphere, the momentum, they're coming off a of World Series. And if you look at how much money is being spent just in that division, Braves don't got to do that. and And, and this was really going to happen. What, what the other teams in that division are going to say, hey, man, Alex, uh, how, how y'all able to do this and y'all ain't got to break the bank? Because when you break the bank on one player, it it, it, it hamstrings you for air, but you can't get nobody else. So we don't do it. Now, when Ronald Acuna Jr. come up, don't call my phone because that's that <laughs> might be a little bit different. But I just think, Kevin, if you can't get, you know, if you, if Fred forgot to move on, which he did, we wish you nothing but the best. You know, Matt Olsen is a great fill-in when you look at what he brings to the table. I mean, and we talked about that lineup. It's going to be lights. Out, when you look at how how far a lot of guys have come, you know, in a very – I mean, Austin Riley is going into year three, and the guys are already playing like a – he's a part of the greatest ba- Braves infield and Braves – that's crazy. Yeah. And, you, and the only guy that's missing. So, you, so you're so getting rid of Freddie Freeman, hopefully, but you're still going to add, what, 25, 30 homers? Any, at anything least, yeah. At, at least. And his war was better than Freddie Freeman's last year. That is. Not, not, not saying he's better, but, but Kevin, like you said, we could be a year away from having the best first baseman in baseball. When you think about the fact that he was a good player on a bad team, now he's a good piece on a on a on a budding great team. If you look at the fact the Braves four years in with Addison Thomas, four years in the playoffs, I mean. Yeah, Went to the NLCS one and one the worst. Hey man, these Braves got to be way ahead of schedule. Yeah, at this I, point.
0: I think he's done it uh, very smart. I think somebody made a uh, a post a little bit ago and said Max Scherzer for the Mets this year is making forty three and a half million dollars just by himself. This year, Matt Olson, Ronald Acuna, and Ozzy Abies are making like thirty eight. So you have three guys who are obviously and Max Scherzer plays once a week. So yeah, and those uh, guys I mean, play every. Those guys play every day. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think. Alex Anthopoulos has done a good job of putting a team together, doing it smartly, not look, looking at some other teams who are saying, look, I can, get, oh, I can give the superstar the 10-year deal. Just in year seven or eight, we might be one of the worst teams in baseball because I can't get any help because mm-hmm. he can't get rid of the contract and we just can't go out and, and sign anybody else. So I think doing it smartly, setting the team up both in the short term and long term, I don't feel like maybe four years from now, if Matt Olson does what people think he does, you might look at it and say, well, maybe he got underpaid. Well, you can, you can talk about that then. But for right now, you are getting a steal. Uh, I think he's getting $15 million this year. Freddie Freeman was going to get 33 or 34 wow. So you have saved a lot of money just on one player doing that. And I know it's not all about the money, but it is, on business, all about the money. Yeah. Alex Anthopoulos is saying, hey, Braves Country, yeah, in Nirvana land, I can go give Freddie Freeman whatever he wants. Unfortunately, Liberty Media says, Alex, you can spend this much money. Go make it happen. We offered Freddie Freeman a fair deal. We were willing to work it. He, did, he said, no, I don't want that. And so they kept waiting and waiting. And finally, Alex Anthop was like, I can't wait no more. Because what you didn't want to have happen is Freddie Freeman signed with another team. Yep. Matt Olson gets traded to the Yankees. And now you're sitting there going, we have nobody in our farm system that's major league ready as a first baseman. Nobody that projects as a big-time player at first base in the minor leagues right now. What are we going to do? And oh, by the way, spring training games start in two days. So, so that, that's the that's the that's where you didn't want to be. Freddie Freeman still hasn't signed with anybody. So let's put this into a, into a situation. Let's say that deal doesn't happen yesterday. Mm. It's now Tuesday. Mm. Freddie Freeman still hasn't signed. Mm. Now the Padres' names being come up. So your Alex Alapan going, We're trying. The Yankees are trying. The Padres are trying. The Blue Jays are trying. The Rays are trying. And the Dodgers are trying. And We're trying to get in this mix. And oh by the way, we have to put a team out on the field in two days to play Grapefruit League games, to build towards the season. Right now, it's a guy that nobody's ever heard of that would be out there playing first base. That can't happen. I'm going to go ahead and make the move now and, yep. and, and, and be done with it. And that's what, what happened. Again, you, I, I give him a lot of credit. So we'll see what Matt Olson does. But I want to also hit in this segment because it's it could be, depending on how it goes down, a wild three or four days in Atlanta sports. Freddie Freeman's obviously not coming back. And now you get... I don't know how real you think this is, but the, hey, Falcons are a sleeper for Deshaun Watson. For the same reasons that Matt Olson's a good fit. You say, Deshaun's from Metro Atlanta or from Gainesville, just outside of Atlanta. I know it's probably too far out there to be considered Metro, but anybody from Gainesville will say, I'm from Gainesville, Georgia. Where's that? Uh, uh, Basically Atlanta. All right. So Deshaun Watson's from the general vicinity of Atlanta. He played close by. He has a relationship with your owner. He used to ball boy for the team. Warwick Dunn. Falcons great, built his parents' house, his mom's house. There is a relationship there. Falcons are a dark horse. Obviously, if that's true, then Matt Ryan's gone. You can have two kind of iconic players on their way out of Atlanta within the span of a week. That would be huge. Ben, how realistic, though, is Deshaun Watson? I know people see it and go, oh, because nobody was talking about this 24 hours ago. Oh, it's yeah. Carolina, it's New Orleans, maybe it's somebody else. Then all of a sudden today it's hey, there's a sleeper team in the Deshaun Watson Sweepstakes, and it's the Atlanta Falcons. everybody goes,
1: What, what? How realistic is that? It is, it's, it's realistic for one reason and one reason only. Terry Fondo. Terry Fondo spent 18 years with the New Orleans Saints, Kevin, and he got out of there at the right time. Why? Because he knew Drew Brees was the time. He knew Sean Payton wasn't going to be far behind. You lost you literally lost those two iconic players, playing coach, uh, you know, back to back seasons. Terry Fondo understands how to, how to, how to maneuver. Terry Fondo know how to build through the draft. Terry Fondo understands how to how to how to build a franchise. And Kevin, with everything you mentioned, I mean, how many players can say they got some ties to the owner? You know, got certain ties to a, to a player uh, like Warwick Dunn, who still works with Atlanta Falcons, as far as like what he's doing, uh, you know, with habitat for humanity, different things that he's doing. So I I mean, Kevin, and the reason why I say it is because as Terry Fondo understands the numbers. Terry Fondo knows, look, man, uh, because Tom Brady's back. Because we have because we have what the second best quarterback in the division and the worst team in the division, what are we gonna do? Give us time to try to build it. How do we start building? If you can get Deshaun Watson, okay. That's gonna at least go Okay, at least we got the guy. Now, how do you get guys around the guy? You gonna boy, you're gonna, man, you're gonna have to get some monopoly money. Cause I I I just I just but I, I will say it does, it does have some legs, Kevin, because the whole thing about it is Terry Fontenot has been in the GM position. Almost two decades. He knows how to get it done. Now, will he get it done? That's another thing. But I definitely think, uh, I definitely think it bowls well because number one, Houston is very, very serious about getting Deshaun Watson as far away from them as possible so they can start over. But there is a ransom, and then there is woo. You're gonna have to give a lot. I mean, three first, two second, and players. You're gonna have to give up a lot. But we'll see. But I mean, if Terry Fontenot can pull it off, Kevin. I mean, you know, everybody talking trash about Matt Ryan because we're here. If, if Matty Ice is gone, that is going to send some shockwaves through Atlanta, regardless of who they, even if it's Deshaun Watson, because once again, Freddie Freeman gave us what, 12? I think, I think, I think, uh, I th- I want to say Matty Ice is going to year 13, 14. So that's two I can play And went players. to a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went to a Super Bowl. Won one won a World Series. One went to a Super Bowl. One gave us a regular season MVP, NL MVP. Other gave us a regular season. I mean, he's going to be missed, but I, I, I'm going to have to wait on – that's going to be the breaking news of all breaking news if that doesn't actually occur. Give me a th- chance you think it actually happens, like one out of ten. Uh, ten th- being it's going to happen, one like it ain't going to happen. Th- th- three. I, I, because the whole thing – Kevin, this is what you mentioned. It's almost like while you can get him, you have to bargain so much. you got to give away a lot, and you really don't have anything. Like, I mean, I know it's crazy, but – you got to give away. I mean, Grady Jared is probably gonna be in that deal. They're gonna want, if you're Houston, you're gonna say, oh, I mean, if you if, you know, you're gonna want, I mean, I got to get a quality player. I know we get Matty Ice. What about ID? De- because who plays for Houston? Exactly. <laughs> the so, same guy that plays receiver for the Falcons. <laughs> a, a, exactly. <laughs> a, 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 exactly. So, you know, so I mean, so Mr. Watcher Jr. Jr. plays over there in Houston. And I so I, I I mean, it's it is, I give it a three, Kevin, but that that would be that would be shocking. And, and Kevin, you know just like I know. I would want to see, not not name Maddie Ice, how many other players you got to give up and how many, because you need every draft pick you can if you're the Falcons at this point. Yeah, I, I think that the the price is a nice thing, and maybe yeah. you're in it. I, I
0: think maybe the Falcons are in it to drive the price up on Carolina, on New Orleans, because, again, you hear Ben say three, number one. Come on. Like, that's what reportedly was turned down. Yes. Right? I mean, like they, like somebody offered that, and they're like, nope. So, if you're the Falcons, if you could keep driving that up, if he does go to Carolina, are they going to be crippled from a draft standpoint where it's like you have no first-round draft picks for a couple of years, maybe no twos? Like, if you want high draft capital, you're going to have to trade away other draft capital in order to get those picks back? Like, could it be a long building process if you're Carolina if the price is that steep? I, that's what I worry about with Atlanta, Ben, is Deshaun Watson would be nice that Lamborghini sitting in the driveway would be
1: nice, yes. but if I can't buy the gas for it, come on. I don't know you, what you're you, you. you can't buy gas for the Kia, boy. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> <and> so <laughs> when it comes to the Lambo, number one, you got to get the top of everything. You got to you listen, ain't 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 no ain't no eighty seven. Oh, uh, you over there in the ninety three <laughs> every day. I mean, like I said, Kevin, you have to entertain it, but I think it's more window shopping than anything. And we'll see what what happens here with the Falcon. But they were brought up
0: as a sleeper. In this whole thing, which means you hate to hear sleeper. uh, Like, it could be a long shot, but that they are at least serious about trying to pick up Deshaun Watson. We'll certainly follow that story. We've got more to come. Busy day in free agency uh, for sure. Jaguars were very, very, uh, very busy. And we will chat uh, when we come back with Demetrius Harvey. Big cat country. Jags have done a lot of overhauling and retooling. How much better have they gotten in the last 24 hours? We'll talk to Demetrius Harvey next. It's three and out. Southern Pigskin Radio Network. It is 3 and Out here on this Tuesday. Ben, Jaguars have been some big-time spenders here early on in free agency. Joining us here to talk about that uh, from Big Cat Country, Demetrius Harvey joins us here on 3 and Out. Demetrius, welcome to the show. How are you?
2: I'm doing all right. How about yourself?
0: Good. We knew the Jags had money to spend. Uh, They they brought in a lot. What was the best pickup yesterday, uh, in your opinion, of the number of moves that the Jaguars did?
2: Yeah, they, they brought in or they're going to bring in six guys, it seems like. And to me, the the, the best pickup, in, and it kind of comes with a caveat, but Brandon Sheriff, you know, he's a guy who is a five-time pro bowler. He made the all-pro team a couple times. You know, he's clearly one of the best guards in the league. The only issue is he, he can't stay healthy. You know, he's missed um, so many games over the course of his career and, and even in the past couple seasons. So it's a risky gamble where you're putting a right guard in there that may or may not actually stay healthy for the entire season. But if he does, and he's easily their best pickup. I think that he's a guy who immediately comes in and makes the offensive line better. And I think that they needed him. They needed a guy to come in. They were already losing AJ can They were losing Andrew Norwell at left guard. They were losing a multitude of players who they needed to just plug and play somebody. And Brandon Sheriff definitely makes the list.
1: Demetrius, when you look at the fact that obviously this uh, the Jags, I mean, that's Kevin Mitchell was going to be big-time spinners. They go out there and they get Christian Kirk. They get Zay Jones. You're going to get, hopefully, a healthy Travis ET. You look at that offensive line. How much better have these guys already got in free agency before you even get to the draft? Yeah, I mean, people can make up
2: what they want about the the amount they spent. And, you know, did you overpay Christian Kirk? Why are you bringing in Zay, Zay Jones? Um, the, the point is, though, they, they definitely got better. They got better at the receiver position. Uh, last season was abysmal. You know, you had Tavon Austin at the slot, who is a guy who, I mean, frankly, he probably wouldn't have been in the NFL if it wasn't for Urban Meyer and the Jaguars for signing him. So if, if, if you're going to go after it in the sense of did they get better overall, I think there's no question. You know, Christian Kirk is a guy who clearly hasn't reached his you know ceiling Per se, I mean, maybe he's, he's gotten close to it or who knows how, how much more he has to grow, but clearly he's a guy that can come in and immediately help you um, stretch the field from the slot position. I think that that's where he's best served, and I think that they immediately got better at the receiver position, and then obviously offensive the guard, they got better. Um, ha- having Zay Jones come in, I'm not quite sure how I feel about that signing, only because he hasn't produced at the level that you would want to see, Um, but, you know, he's a guy who is a sure-handed catcher. He's going to make plays if if he gets the ball thrown to him, so I don't see why not to bring a guy in at least as a body. And then, obviously, on the defensive side of the football, they've upgraded at at linebacker. Um, We already saw that they released Miles Jack, so there's a couple guys in there, Ola Olakun, I'm I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his name, And then um, Foley, the defensive tackle, who's going to come in and, and be basically a big-time run-stopper for them. So I think overall they they did get better. Um, can they have more room to grow? Absolutely, and I think that they're not done um, during the pre-agency period, and I think obviously the draft.
0: And uh, and Demetrius, I thought you tweet out uh, earlier today they still have, as you said, room towards the cap, uh, even with the, the hit they might take for Miles Jack, what's still, what, $6 million or so after you factor out the, uh, the, the rookie pool, right?
2: Yeah, after you factor out the rookie pool, I mean, they have about... I believe it's around uh it should be around twelve or fourteen million because you you add in that Miles Jack is saved, but that also doesn't account for evan Ingram, who's coming in apparently at nine million dollars guaranteed it doesn't account for uh Foley who has thirty million dollars uh, um ten ten per and I think twenty million guaranteed and then um also the zay Jones signing you know he has a Eight dollar per year contract so you have to factor those kind of guys in I I still think that they're not done in terms of making moves um, but they will have to you know clear up some cap space they're gonna have to at least cut maybe Brandon Linder at nine million dollars savings and then uh, figure out where to go from there but it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they figure everything out and and if so you know are they going to be making even more moves I I still think there's at least one more signing yet to come
1: and Demetrius, when you think about this Jags team, when you think when you think about this, uh, you think about this division as a whole, obviously if they can find a way to tackle uh, you know, Derrick Henry up there, uh, you know, uh, with the Tigers, like you don't know what the Houston Texans are gonna do with with Deshaun Watson, get having a lot of suitors and the Colts don't even have a quarterback. I mean, depending on how this draft is going, depending on how much of a jump uh Trevor Lawrence can have from year one to year two with all the additions before you even get to the draft, how much of a how much of a jump can this uh can this young uh, Jaguars team making year two, uh, with a with a new head coach Doug Peterson.
2: Yeah, they 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 have a chance to make a, a pretty big jump. I mean, obviously they've only won uh four games over the last two seasons, so it's not as though they have a you know, a long ways to go in order to make that jump. But I, I do think that given that the division is sort of in flux, I, I know that the, the, the Titans are still in the lead there. They they have the defense. Uh, the offense isn't really changing very much. Uh, it, it still should be the best team in the league. But, yeah, the the, the Texans are in shambles. They're not going to have Deshaun Watson. I mean, obviously that was clear last season as well. But they haven't really done too much to upgrade that quarterback room right now. They have Davis Mills, who to me right now is not the guy that you want to move forward with um, for the foreseeable future. But we'll we'll see because they have no other choice. And then you have the Colts who they are in desperate need of a quarterback. There's rumors out there that maybe they'll go after a Jimmy Garoppolo or someone like that, and, and that would make sense. They have plenty of cap space, so they might get a little better there. But, yeah, the, the Jaguars, you know, they have um, a lot of moves that they need to make. They still have to add more receivers. They still have to figure out their defense in its entirety. Obviously, cutting Miles Jack now, they have a the hole again at linebacker. So you're sitting there thinking, you know, hey, if they can – get these pieces in, perhaps they can do something. I know that the offense certainly is going to be upgraded. Christian Kirk coming in is a guy that um, Trevor Lawrence is going to grow to love. And as long as he can stay healthy and then as long as uh, they still upgrade the receiver position throughout the draft and maybe more in free agency, then I think that it could be pretty solid. I mean, overall, I think that they're just going to, you know, get maybe a few games better. I'm not sure how much of a jump. I don't think they're going to be winning the AFC South this year. But, yeah, they're, they're definitely getting better.
0: Demetrius Harvey, Big Cat Country joining us here on 3 and Out. Obviously, with the moves they've made in free agency, how does that change things with the draft? Given the moves they've made along the offensive line, it would seem obviously foolish for them to draft uh, one of the tackles there at at number one. Are they sold on uh, Aiden Hutchinson? Could they sneak and go get a a, a Kyle Hamilton? Are they potentially even looking at moving back?
2: Yeah, I mean, from from everything I've heard um, recently at least, uh, it it seems like Aiden Hutchinson – is the guy you might as well just write in with a pen because the, all the moves that they've done so far kind of point toward that. Now, they could still fool everybody and draft an Evan Neal and put him at guard, but taking a guard number one overall, you kind of have to be special. You have to be a Quentin Nelson or even maybe even better somehow uh, in order to, to take that guy at number one, especially because they haven't addressed Edge at all during free agency. It just seems like it's obvious they're going to go Aiden Hutchinson it's a guy that Trent balky, I know, would, would like. Uh, maybe the, if they can trade down, they're, they'll go in a different direction. But for now, if they stay at number one and they don't make any more moves on the edge, I think that that's a clear and obvious point. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen um, between now and, and, and the draft, but it, it just seems like they want to go all in on their offense. They want to go all in on making sure the offensive line is stable before they do anything else, and and then moving forward, they're going to have to get somebody on defense.
1: <coughs> uh, Demetrius, when you think when you think about a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, I mean, obviously he was a late bloomer. I mean, four sacks going into twenty twenty one season. You look at the year to to end up being a Heisman Trophy finalist. Is he is he ready to deal with the fact that he's going to be a, a guy that's going to get double team a lot? I know people going to not going to want to bring up that Georgia film, but he's going to be going up against those caliber type tackles week in and week out. I mean. Josh Allen has proven to be a big-time uh, defensive end, even though he don't got a lot of help. Is Aiden Hutchinson ready to be that uh, that, you know, that the guy that gets drafted number one overall? You plug him in, and is he ready to be be able to, uh, to be uh, more of a focal point? Yeah,
2: that's going to be the question that he's going to have to answer. I mean, it, it basically boils down to, which kind of Aiden Hutcherson are you going to get? That Georgia tape, obviously, is something that no one wants to look at if you're talking about him in a positive light. But it's definitely something you have to think about. You know, Is he going to be able to take on those double teams? Is he going to be stout enough against the run in order to play every down? I mean, I think that he's shown enough that he can do that, absolutely. I think that he's shown he's um, athletic enough to do that. But there's still some concerns. You know, He doesn't play as athletic as his numbers would indicate. You know, He has an amazing three-cone time. But if you watch him play, he, his bend and his hip, you know, flexion and, and, and all those sort of terms, it doesn't it doesn't correlate. You know, it, it doesn't, you know, translate to what he should be able to do. And that's going to be the growing concern heading into the draft. And then after somebody drafts him, will he be able to do that, you know, in terms of production? 14 sacks last year, I mean, there's no telling, you know, that, that this guy is a good player, absolutely. But is he worth the number one overall pick? I think that that absolutely can be debated.
0: Finally, Demetrius, it would appear, obviously through their moves, the uh, the Jags are going to give Trevor Lawrence every opportunity to to prove himself. Right, we're we're protecting you. We're giving you guys to get the ball to. Uh, is this kind of where the Jags find out where Trevor Lawrence is, the pro quarterback here?
2: Yeah, absolutely. This is it. This is the year that pretty much you have to make sure that um, Trevor Lawrence obviously gets a, a few more weapons, but you know from from what they're doing this is going to be the year that you see whether or not he's going to blossom into the quarterback that you took at number 1 overall if he puts puts up the same season as he did last year then you know there's growing concerns very you know deep concerns about how much is he going to grow what's wrong with him because they are adding pieces Evan Ingram is coming in Christian Kirk is coming in I mean, you, you, you have other guys from last year. You have a new offense, and you have Doug Peterson and all these other quarterback coaches that they're bringing in to surround him. Um, the excuses won't be as easy to make um, as, as they were last year during his rookie season. I think that he's going to live up to expectations. I think that this guy is going to be an outstanding quarterback, and I have no reason to think otherwise. Um, and as long as they continue to add pieces, um, I can't stress that enough, Then, he, then I guess we'll see what happens.
0: Demetrius Harvey, Big Cat Country, our guest here on Three and Out. Demetrius, appreciate the time. Thanks so much.
2: No problem. I appreciate you guys.
0: Appreciate it. Demetrius Harvey joining us here. The Jags have been very, very active, Ben. Adding pieces in free agency early, we got about 30 seconds. What were you most impressed with 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 them yesterday?
1: I mean, uh, when I didn't got Evan Ingram, something I talked to BJ about, uh, Kevin, a guy that I still think has a lot left in the tank. You add Zay Jones, you add Christian Kirk, and Kevin. I think you make a good point. If you're talking about what they're trying to go all in, they're going all in second year. And, and listen, that's the Joe Burrow effect. You give him some weapons around him with the offensive line, we'll see just how good or not Mr. Trevor Lawrence is going into year two. We've got more to come here. It's three and out on the Southern Pigskin
0: Radio Network. On this Tuesday, Kevin Thomas, Ben Troop, glad you're making us a part of your day. Again, a lot happening in free agency, a lot happening, uh, Ben, in Major League Baseball. You've got, oh, by the way, as somebody said, there's so much happening in the NFL and college and uh, MLB right now, like, oh, by the way, the tournament starts tonight in the play-in games, uh, and then big time on Thursday. It's almost kind of... Been pushed to the side because there are millions and millions of dollars flying around like they're twenty bucks. I mean, every time you turn around, so and so got forty million, so and so got thirty million. Uh, it's been absolutely crazy, and now Deshaun Watson apparently he's got like eight teams interested in him. You got Colin Kaepernick trying to get back in the league after five
1: years. I mean, all kind of wild stuff going on. Yeah, Kevin, nothing moves in needle like these quarterbacks, right? Colin Kaepernick uh, had a had a um, had a workout yesterday uh, with Tyler Lockett out there for the Seattle Seahawks. Tyler Lockett being the current uh, receiver. Uh, for actually giving him, actually, you know, picking up his brother on Twitter saying, man, hey, man, he's ready to go. But it's the thing. In 2017, the same Seattle Seahawks could have gave uh, Kyler Kaepernick a workout, but they also had Russell last name Wilson at the, at the, at the helm, but they didn't want to cause, well, nonsense. Nah, so now that, now that, uh, now that uh, Russell Wilson's moving on to Greener Passes over there, to, over there with the Denver Broncos, he go out there, he get up. They don't have a quarterback right now in Seattle. You talk about Deshaun Watson, Kevin, you know everybody going to be trying to throw their hat in the ring. I mean – Carolina got millions. New Orleans got millions. Atlanta got – I don't know. Atlanta got relationships from the past. <laughs> that's, that's about the only thing they can offer right now. But crazy has been has been wild. You still got some big names out there, though. I know that Jacksonville has been big spenders. Um, I've heard some rumblings that Cleveland Browns is in, in, in the uh, Deshaun Watson sweepstakes and now old Baker Mayfield, you know, he got old social media account and he don't like it. They say he might want to uh, get out of town – even if uh, they don't get Deshaun Watson, which, I mean, who knows? I mean, how many people will be uh, in line to try to get Baker Mayfield? You're talking about a, a guy that still has talent and a new place, new atmosphere, new environment. What would that do for him? Uh, Jameis Winston is still out there. Uh, Mr. Mr. Trubisky has another job, you know, with the Pittsburgh. System. Now, I know when, he, when, when the Pittsburgh thought they was going to move on, from Big Ben, they did not think it was gonna be no Mitchell Trubisky, but that's what you got right now, signing a two-year deal. I mean, you got some, you still got, you still got guys out there like Bobby Wagner hasn't been signed. Jarvis Landry got let go by Cleveland. Uh Chandler Jones still out there. Tyron Matthew, Honey Badger, he's still out there. So Kevin, we still got some, you know, you, you, some some big dominoes still got to fall. But fantasy is wild because we, you know, we we all put on our hats and they got so and so. What? Oh, for this or for that, Christian Kirk reset the market for for receivers. Devontae Adams, he had to sign the franchise tag, and he's already told Green Bay, I will not play on the franchise tag, whereas – Christian Kirk is making $18.5 million. Who is Christian Kirk? You at? he'll be the high, he'll be one of the highest paid receivers. Just as I got picked up by the Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday for right around $82 million. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I, there's I, a lot I, of receivers going. If that guy, oh, yeah, Zay Jones, Jones, I mean, Zay Jones, I mean, he, you know, he's got what $24 million coming. So, yeah, guys are getting big time deals. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going all in. Evan Ingram, former first round pick out of Ole Miss. Coming over from uh from New York, get it come back, get it get it come a lot closer to home. I mean, you know, he I, he from Powder Springs, Georgia. Now Powder Springs, I mean, Jacksonville's a lot closer to New York. I'm just saying. So I mean, they add him. So I I I do like some of the moves being made. Uh, I think that you still got, but nobody nobody makes a move like these quarterbacks: Jameis Winston, uh, Marcus Mariota, Deshaun Watson. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater signed a one-year contract, one-year one deal for for Miami. So that's the insurance policy. Just say, tour. don't, don't, you know, don't pan out." So chase the signed Sign, sign, sign the contract. said some of these dudes been making money. But Kirk Cousins, ladies and gentlemen, signed a one-year extension for thirty-five million dollars, fully guaranteed. Since Kirk Cousins has been franchise, they say Kirk Cousins, I think, it was a fifth-round pick, has made almost a, a quarter of a billion dollars. Ladies and gentlemen. I don't got to guarantee. all no, guaranteed. All, all <laughs> guaranteed. I, I, listen, I won. Give me my money. You what? I won. Give me my money. But, no, I'm, I'm happy for all the guys involved. I think when, like you say, Kevin, no salary cap for baseball. Uh, salary cap is going up for football, and was you seeing a bunch of guys reaping the benefits Yeah, they,
0: it. Go, now you know why the players are fighting for all these cap numbers and CBTs to go up. Numbers go up. There are people that will give you the money. Right? There are people that will, as the old saying, Ben, what are you worth? I'm worse what somebody said they would give me. And uh, right now, there's some people handing out some big-time contracts. Falcons have been pretty quiet. I mean, obviously, outside of the Deshaun Watson rumors yeah. that are just that, I mean, honestly, what do you think is the goal here for Atlanta who really I – mean, have they announced anything other than they've reworked some contracts? that has been about, all. hey, we reworked Matt Ryan's contract. We re- gave Jake Matthews an extension to kind of rework that. I, I mean, outside of that, the Falcons have not really gone out and added anybody – to help if if the if the season started today, the Falcons could only run one wide receiver package because that's all they got. They, yeah, they could have their tight end and one wide receiver out there, and they'd be good to go. I, I, so they've got a lot of work, and that hasn't even
1: addressed the pass press. They got a lot of work, not a lot of money to get it done with. I mean, you see what happens, Kevin, when you don't have money, you have to wait. You kind of got to wait on you. You kind of got to wait on this first wave of free agents. They kind of let them know, hey man, you're not a part of this first wave. Man, you might not even be a part of this second wave, and we'll try to come, you know, bring you in. Atlanta does not have a, does not have a pass rusher. Atlanta does not have a starting receiver. Atlanta does not have a starting running back. Atlanta has a starting tight end. They have a, they have a restructured offensive line. They got young Wake, who which they got to see if he can go out there and run some routes. At this point, I mean, do you, I mean, do you want to try to bring. <laughs> I mean, it, it's just crazy right now when you don't have money, though, Kevin, you you put yourself in the hole because all the guys you want, you got to wait, and you know they're gonna land somewhere because one thing Atlanta does not have money to bargain with. They don't have a winning franchise to bargain with. Yes, they got a guy Maddie Ice, but look, a lot of these guys say, yeah, man, I grew up watching Matty Ice. That's how much older Matty Ice is than some of these guys. Matty Ice is on the other side of 30-something. He's closer to 40 than 30. So we'll see what happens. Kevin Terry is going to have to earn his money. I mean, Arthur Smith, I mean, he's going to have to show because last year was an embarrassment as far as, like, uh, how the season ended up. How do you go out there and prove in second year that you, that you the guy for the job? So I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot of things going on right now. Atlanta is not the, the only good thing you heard about Atlanta is they in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. So what are you going to give up to get him? How are you going to pay him when you get him? So we'll see what happens. But yeah, as much as do about nothing, Kevin. A lot, a lot of should have, could have, would have come out of Flower brand
0: Yeah, no Russell Gage. He signs with Tampa Bay. Oh my goodness. I mean, so uh, you you look at one guy that was was getting it done on the outside for Falcons. He's now going to go catch balls from Tom Brady. So uh, like you said. The Falcons are in, the, I mean, you're in that very interesting spot, which is why, uh, Ben, we've talked about this for weeks. Are you all in on trying to compete now? Are you in the rebuild? Because you could make a case for either side of this. Look at the roster and say, yep, maybe it's time to, to, to tear it down and, and and start over and give you know, Arthur Smith a chance. Or you could say, look, we got some very good players that are getting close to the end. We got to try to go get some help don't have a lot of money to do it but got to try to get it done. So I mean it's very interesting to watch the Falcons maneuver here uh because unless somebody else goes to free up some more space they're not going to be out there chasing the 40 50 million dollar guys, right? I mean they they're just not going
1: to be out there doing that. They can't. I mean you got I mean you do got some expiring contracts. I mean you see how many years Grady year Jerry got, you see how many years Deion Jones got. They leading tacklers Moved on to Jacksonville, uh, uh, and and unfortunately for those draft picks in twenty twenty one, they're going to have to show some. they going to have to show some promise in twenty twenty two. I mean, AJ Terrell may lead some bounds in the second year, going into year three. You need you need you need a cornerback on the other side of AJ Terrell. Yeah, Richie you, you, Grant, the safety. Guy yeah, you, you need yeah you need you need uh, you need to shore up that back end. Richie Grant, as we mentioned, coming out of UCF was kind of like second round pick. The I mean, while while Kyle Pitts had one of the best statistical season we've ever seen for a tight end, had one touchdown in the States this year, and that was in the Pro Bowl. He had another touchdown this year that was in London. And you know he's going to be a focal point this year for teams to take him away. You don't have a number one receiver. You don't have a number, you know, you don't have a running back. You don't really have a number two receiver. You don't have a number one or a number two. You don't even have a. So right now, it's the offensive line, Kyle Pierce and, uh, and in, a, in a Matty Ice. <laughs> our Ice. See how boys in practice. It's just, it's just, it's it's it's, it's, it's gonna it's, go, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see who Atlanta can get, Kevin. Because twenty-two and two has gotten a lot more interesting because Tom Brady's back in the division. It seems as though Deshaun Watson, one way or another, is either going to be Atlanta, uh, he's either going to be a Falcon, probably not, a Saint, probably not, or or probably more more probable, uh, probably going to be a Carolina Panther, and that's going to make life even worse for the Falcons because. If Tom Brady makes the Tampa Bay Bucks a contender, the Sean Watson probably gonna be on the best roster in the NFC side with Carolina, who has a lot of players. Depending on what they have to give up to get him, so yes, it's going to be uh, an interesting offseason for the Atlanta Falcons. Who right now, they don't got two nickels to rub together, man, and it's r- <laughs> and it's rough and it's hard to watch. But this is what happens when you get Matty Ice, Julio Jones, and certain guys big time contracts, and you don't have it. You don't have a Super Bowl to even uh. To even add to the resume, I mean, because, because there were certain places, at least we won, they didn't even win with those guys. I mean, Ben, obviously it would be a different story, free agent-wise, but, I mean,
0: how much – I mean, you're looking at this thing right now going, it's actually a potential blessing in disguise that Calvin Ridley got suspended by the league, right? I mean, because if he was on the roster, you'd probably really – you'd have one really good wide receiver, you're end, in Kyle Pitts, Zacchaeus is your number two right now, and that's it. And you don't as you said, then you really wouldn't have a lot of money to get your rookie class in and to try to sign anybody to help you out. It would be very difficult for the Falcons to go out and make anything happen. So it could potentially be a blessing in the size of Calvin Ridley is suspended and you don't have to pay him and his money comes off of the cap. And you actually got some of that money freed up to do a little bit of something. So I'm mean, Terry Fontenot, I mean, we, we know Alex Anthopoulos can get uh, creative. Woo! Terry Fontenot might need to be blowing a phone call. I know Alex has got his own problems right now. He's like, hey, I still got to get a few more players. But Terry Fontenot might want to be calling over there. Alex is going like, go, Alex, how do you get these teams to, to work some of this stuff? How do you get these guys to work some of these deals? Like where it becomes team friendly and you get them locked up at the same time. I mean, you look at it. Matt Olson, eight years plus a club option, $22 million. You can make an argument. You underpaid for the third best. You got him locked up for nearly a decade. Yep. How do you do that? Alex. This is Terry by the way, over here at the uh, Falcon Stadium. <laughs> come, come help me out. We got more to come. It's three and out, Southern Big Skin Radio Network.